This is Bill Mosley. Hi, this is Adam Green. Hi, this is Adrian King. This is Carol Lockatell. Hi, this is Felissa Rose. Hi, this is Jonathan Kirsten. This is Jenny Schreiber. Hey, this is Justin Beam. Hi, this is Mackenzie Atkins. This is Tom Atkins. Alex, this is Ron Milky. This is Tuesday night. You're listening to the Skeleton Crew exclusively on Harbit.com. All right, all you skeleton crew, thrill me, you sons of bitches. Grave robbing in Texas is this hour's top news story. An informant led officers of the Muerto County Sheriff's Department to a cemetery just outside the small rural Texas community of Newt early this morning. Officers there discovered what appeared to be a grisly work of art, the remains of a badly decomposed body wired to a large monument. A second body was found in a ditch near the perimeter of the cemetery. Subsequent investigation has revealed at least a dozen empty crypts, and it's feared more will turn up as the probe continues. Deputies report that in some instances, only parts of a corpse had been removed. The head, or in some cases, the extremities removed, the remainder of the corpse left intact. Happy New Year! Yay! <laughs> that was corny, and we're back. <laughs> it's 2013, and the Skeleton Crew is back. And, uh, you know, it's it's New Year's Eve. We're recording tonight. Tomorrow's New Year's Day. And, Dan, there's a couple changes that are going to be going on with this show. More drinking? More drinking. Okay. More bad shows than usual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, less cohesive and uh, comprehensible discussion. Okay, I'm down for that. And we're going to get rid of Ribcage. Ribcage? Yeah, the guy to your right. Oh, 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 yeah, that douchebag. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, he's, he, I think he's got to go. He doesn't have much to say. He's not really contributing. I think I've, I think we found a replacement. I think so. It's, uh,. <clears throat> I think it's a good decision. Now, the good thing is the replacement does not have to to move very far to get here. Just uh, can you come up from under the, the table, Jamie? <laughs> oh, no. Wow, I've n- never been out from under the table before. No, but <laughs> so that's what your faces look like. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. you want to do a show with us? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Jenkins, the new co-host. Uh-huh. of the Skeleton Crew. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've uh, been looking forward to this and bursting at the seams, uh, not being able to talk about it. It's crazy. Yeah, yep. Yeah. we've been keeping it under wraps for, from everybody, really. Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we talked about this, you know, we knew you were the obvious choice, but, you know, we didn't want to... Because everybody loves you, and everybody <sighs> loves Jamie Jenkins. You're I mean, so sweet. Thank it's you. It's just a yeah. fact. Yeah, we always get positive feedback about you. And now that you're permanent, we're going to start getting the complaints. So just be ready for that. Yeah. Oh, it's I am totally ready for that because, you know, not everyone loves me. They love you from a distance. 
most of the time. <laughs> but now that you're permanent, watch out. I'll open your face. So can we can we loosen the shackles just a tiny bit? I'm getting a little bit chafed here. <laughs> just a little, just a little. You ain't going nowhere. Now, see, <laughs> you got to understand, now you're stuck with us, too. I think I can live with that. All right, cool. She's just already trying to get away. Loosen the shackles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, see? First day on. Uh... Yeah. Okay, well, as everybody knows from the title, which you must have read, this is the Skeleton Crew's Texas Chainsaw Massacre Retrospective. Yeah! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> We're going to go over every single Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, give in-depth full reviews and views and all that good stuff. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what's happening. We're going to break it into two parts. This show will be Texas Chainsaw Part 1, 2, 3, and 4 of the original series. And the next show will be the remake, the beginning, and the brand new Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Fucking pumped. I'm excited for that. Uh, I really am, man. Absolutely. I am too. I am too. Yeah, I think the commercials look alright. I mean, a lot of people saying a lot of bad things, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what was I going to say? Yeah, so we'll do that. Then we will, uh, you know, talk about the series as a whole at the end of it and just overall observations and things like that. So, alright, so now, you know, Dan, with Jamie here, we are going full force once again. You know, we, we were, we were eh, getting a little shaky for a show or two. Oh, it, yeah, it was bad for for a couple shows there, but uh, we're back on track now. Yeah, but it was only the Jack Frost show. Who cares about that? And it was yeah, right? the, the, the lovely Molly, and who cares about that? I do. Carrot rape. Carrot rape. <laughs> Let's kick it off, and then we'll be right back with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospect. By the time you hear this, I will have already spiraled up. I would never do nothing to let you cowards fuck my world up. If I was you, I would duck or get struck like lightning fighters. Keep fighting, put your lighters up, point them skyward, uh. Had a dream, I was king. I woke up, still king. Snap kings, nibble is mine for the milking. Till nobody else even fucking feels me, till it kills me. I swear to God, I'll be the fucking illest in this music. There is or there ever will be. Disagree, feel free, but from now on I'm refusing to ever give up. Only thing I ever gave up is using no more excuses. Excuse me if my head is too big for this building. And pardon me if I'm a cocky prick, but you cocks are slick. Popping shit on how you flipped your life around. Crock of shit, who you dicks trying to kid? Flip dick, you the opposite. You stay the same, cause cock back with the still cock, you pricks. I love it when I tell him shove it, cause it wasn't that long ago when Marshall said, busted like buster, cause he couldn't cut. Mustard, muster up, nothing brain fuzzy, cause he's buzzing. Woke up from that buzzing, now you wonder. Why does it how he does it? Wasn't cause he had buzzard circle around his head Waiting for him to drop dead Was it or was it cause some bitches wrote him off Little hussy ass cause it's fuck it Guess it doesn't matter now does it What difference it make what's it take To get it through your dick skulls if this ain't Some boosted people don't usually come back this way From a place it was dark as I was in just to get to this place Now let these words be like a switchblade to a hater's rib cage And let it be known that from this day forward I wanna just say thanks Cause your haters what gave me the strength So let them fix race cause I came in 5'9 but I feel like I'm sick what happened was true. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America.
there's something. Stop! Stop! This is the movie that is just as real. Just as close. Just as terrifying as being there. Even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Starring Marilyn Burns as Sally, Jim Sydow as Drayton Sawyer, Edward Neal as the Hitchhiker, and Gunnar Hansen as Leatherface. This is all like IMDb stuff. Uh, everybody knows that this was based on, uh, you know, loosely on the killer Ed Gene, just like Psycho. Uh, Entertainment Weekly voted this the second scariest movie behind Exorcist. The dinner scene towards the end, Sally really does cut her finger because uh, they couldn't get fake blood to come out of the, the tube and the blade. So that's pretty crazy. Um, the film was shot in chronological order because... Um, mainly due to like clothing issues like as they messed their clothes up and got more blood it was just too much to wash them and to you know change them and try to recreate that so they had to wear the same things for like a straight month so that see that kind of stuff is just crazy and I never knew that so I figured you know yeah um, and the human skeleton in the house at the end of the movie was a real skeleton because uh, the a real skeleton from India is way cheaper than getting a plastic one so that was uh, really kind of cool to find out. Yeah, and they said they went to uh, a veterinarian, too, and uh, he told them where he was dumping a lot of the uh, animal bones, too, and they got them from there, too, along with India. So, yeah, all of that shit was real, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> okay, let's get into the movie, I guess. Um, so for me, the hitchhiker scene, you know, that's the beginning of the movie. That's the introduction of the family. That scene just really, that locked me in, like, it's so realistic. The way they shot it, it made me feel like I was there. And, like, the one, the really smart way of shooting this was, like, the shot, remember how when they threw him out of the van, and he was kind of smearing blood on the van, and then he started driving away, he was making all the goofy faces and running after the van? Yep. It feels so real because after they, they show the point of view of the kids inside, then they show from behind him... And it's just that natural silence with no score. And it just shows how... It, it was just... You know what I mean? Like, it really captured... Yeah. Like, you could really imagine... Not imagine. You see him running out. Just his point of view of making that trying to be scary face. And, like, that's the kind of thing. Like, the lack of soundtrack is what yep. gave this that real documentary feel. Yeah, man. It, same with the first Leatherface kill there. That uh, when that club hits, it's like it's it's the lack of sound and it's it's hearing just that. And it's like, oh, that was fucked up. It was almost too real. Like watching a documentary. Well, when he had, what about when he was twitching, like having a, uh, you know, in the convulsion? Same thing. Same thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it was. Just, yeah. A lot of that shit. That's why I think it gets under people's skin. It's just too fucking real, you know? Yeah. It's not like a movie with a score. And I mean, there is music in this, don't get me wrong. But in those moments, it, it's it's done so well, man. I love it. Well, Jamie, isn't it just like uh, Toby Hooper was in a studio just pulling like rusty wires across saws to get those sounds? Yeah, yeah. He um, there, He's actually credited with doing the score. Well, one of two people credited with doing the score. Yeah. And I, it's, so, it's so effective. But it's... It basically... 
this score screams the 70s, you know, and that uh, that uh, the sunspot at the beginning when you see the title on screen and you've got the sunspot in the background, yeah. The, yeah. That, which is amazing. It's so beautiful. All these things are so, it's like a little time capsule. Right. And that they didn't even know it at the time. But, um, you know, you listen to this now and you've got, right. I mean, it's just like you said, like, you know, rusty metal and you've got uh, like the occasional like, you know, or what it just, yeah. <laughs> these weird little sounds that pop up. Um, and it just, it's just, sometimes it's just enough to keep your nerves jagged just a little, you know, it just sort of keeps you on edge. What do you think of how Gunnar Hansen portrayed Leatherface? I do know that when he was preparing for that role, um, he, uh, he went to a school for, um, uh, mentally handicapped kids. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's the, what's the best way to say? Um, Retards. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, retard! Uh, hit me with a hammer, you retard! <laughs> it's hard, not PC. Um, I'm sure that there's a few retarded people who listen to this, and I don't think they'll be offended. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so he went to try to get movements down, you know, and, um, uh, and, and gestures and things like that. And, you know, and, and to me, that's kind of funny. I can totally see why you do that. Any role that you take as an actor, you, you know, you want to put yourself into completely, but it just seems kind of, of funny to, I guess, invest so much. And Toby Hooper didn't even know he was doing this. Yeah, like he, right. he just sort of did it on his own, which is really cool, you know? Yeah. I can see Dan doing that. Uh, now, Dan, what do you? Th let's get into the characters a little bit, like Drayton Sawyer. You know, uh, my buddy Kyle's favorite character. You know, the the guy I thought was the dad. <laughs> Didn't we? <Right>. All? <laughs> yeah, you know, where I look like an asshole in front of Bill Mosley. Yeah, he set us straight real quick. Oh my god! You know. Oh uh, boys. <laughs> like I try to do so good with that interview, and I go ahead and say, "Now you're going to play the dad in the new movie." And he's like, well, actually, that's not the dad. Yeah, but to our defense, he, he did say a lot of people make that mistake. Yeah, though. he did. So I'm off the hook. It was intended to be that way in the first movie, only they never say it. Um, mm -hmm. It's never outright said that he's, that he's their brother. But, however, in the second one, he does say, I, you know, I basically I pissed my life away taking care of my younger brothers. Oh. So, you know, he right. gives it away in the second one. But if you've never seen the second one and you've only, you're only going by the first one, there's no way right. for you to know. Well, and they credit him as as the uh, old man in the first man. one. Credits right. too. So, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how would I know that? Plus, I hate part two, so... At that point, we don't know their name. We right. don't know anything about them. You know, much less their relationship with one another. So, it's definitely a, a mistake that is completely understandable. Yeah, and right. everybody knows that, you know, I'm not big on part two. So, I probably... Do you think I really focused on that one sentence? <laughs> I'm completely off the hook, in my opinion. Now, yeah. what do you think his objective was... The kids pull up in the van, and he's like, uh, you know, they're they're telling him how to get to the the old Franklin house, and um, he's like, oh, you kids don't want to go messing around in other people's houses. You don't want to go there. I got some good barbecue. Why don't you kids wait here? You know, like, what do you think was his objective there? Like, wouldn't it have been great to lure the kids right 
pretty much across from his house and uh they could stock up on some more barbecue meat <laughs> like yeah right why was he trying to warn them i don't think he was i think he was just trying to pull them in there i mean like right. here wait here for about an hour or so right. you know meaning you you know you come in you wait here and uh we we get you right now i'm you think I, I think, think so. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is their business. I mean, look at right. all the look at all the cars under the camel netting, and there was actually supposed to be camel netting <laughs> under well, the camel yeah. netting, and there was yeah. actually supposed to be buried cars, you know, with um, and, and that there were so many. So I mean, this is something that um, that, I mean, why would you turn away if you feel like he could, you know, that you could handle him if you could take him down? But you've got a big, huge, hulking guy with a chainsaw. I think you probably believe he could do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, I think it was just uh, he was just trying to lure him in right there. Yeah, yeah, because that's what I think too. I mean, you know, if you're a psychopath killer and you're trying to pick people off the road, you'll take any scenario possible. And I mean, you know, the one that worked out, yeah, it definitely worked out in his favor. You know, even the chick coming back to the gas station at the end there. But um, yeah, man, you just wing it at that point. You're just trying to get him any way you can <laughs> and fucking eat him. Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about first? The girls or the, the annoying asshole? The booties. Oh, the short shorts. That shot by the ice machine, you mean? Oh, where, like, good. Comes up from the bottom. That is yes. so hot. I love the it. The ice machine. No, what about the... Oh, that too. Yeah, but we, we <laughs> even get a better moving one when she gets off the, the swing. Oh, yeah. And then she walks to the house. Oh, oh just wait a minute. Wait, stop right there. I mean, yeah, that was hot. I mean, she was... That girl... But photographically... People don't talk about enough how gorgeous this movie is photographically. Yeah, and who did this again? Daniel Pearl. That dude does everything. It is sexy as hell. I mean, the yeah. the the shot that they did where they go under the swing and follow her as she's walking toward the house, and uh, and then just kind of go up. You know, there's some great shots of the sky. Oh. Um, yeah. You know, oh, it's just breathtaking. And I have the Blu-ray, so that's really nice. Uh, nobody ever talks about that, though, really. I mean, nobody ever focuses on the, on the cinematography, but it is definitely worth focusing on. It's a mix between that and the booties, and it's just perfect. <laughs> well, no, Jamie, the thing is, people talk about it, but I think the general consensus is that this movie looks like shit. And, but it looks like shit to its, to its credit. That is what I was talking about earlier with that whole documentary feel, like, and the lack of soundtrack, like, th that, when people think about this, I don't think they think of beauty, you know, they think of realistic, and I think, you know, there's a fine line, that's obviously, you know, that's uh, an amazing feat to pull off. I mean, they're just, there's so, so many of them, I mean, even shots within the house, um, it's just this dude knows how to frame his shot. That's all I'm saying. He knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah. And um, and he was like, what, 23, 22 when he made this movie, just fresh out of school? And I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, right? I can't even tie my own shoes. Crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, and, I'm I'm, yeah, and I'm, I just... Uh. I feel so <laughs> stupid when I think of that. <laughs> Speaking of stupid, now we can get to asshole. Yeah. Now look, okay. Franklin, The how annoying the stupid topics he brings up, the way he wouldn't give Sally the flashlight... And, and just looking at him, oh, God, he's, he's hideous. I've seen people pull out of lakes that were less bloated than this asshole. Right, but you know what the best part of Franklin is? 
just when he reaches his fucking peak of annoyingness and you just want to fucking <laughs> kill him, dude, boom, here comes Leatherface out of nowhere and just fucking hacks that motherfucker. he'd had enough of it, too. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like, yeah, except from the gun. Like, like, fuck you, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see how long Leatherface was there carving? If if, if if Leatherface wanted to carve this guy's whole stomach away, he would have been there for two weeks. Dude, he probably heard him through the woods. He was like, oh, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 ah, whatever, you know, whatever. I'd push him into traffic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did anybody else laugh when he went falling down the hill? <laughs> oh, yeah, and you know, that, that's, a, that's a what the F moment, man. Like, why... Because a truck drove by in a highway, you go sailing down a hill and flip the wheelchair? That's like that scene in Mac and Me when the kid fucking falls off the cliff and back and fucking saves him. I'm just I'm happy the way he went though. I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> God, his, his head is so big. If he drank a, a big gold from seven eleven, it looked like a shot glass next to his head. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna bash him anymore. He's a he's a very nice uh invalid. But, you know, but let's talk about that. There are some what-the-F moments in this movie. Like, that's one of them. Why would you go sailing down a hill because a truck drove by? Like, um, <laughs> And the other one, the dude working at the gas station cleaning the windows of the van. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's like, back up, dude. Uh, you know, like you said, some people die. They carve up the guy's stomach, throw the girl on the meat hook. Uh, all that shit was scary, man. Really good stuff. The way he pulled her back in that house, you have, like, that's just such a helpless scene right there. Like, you are fucked. You yep. know, you have no chance. No. So let's get to uh, to some what the f moments uh, because this is a great movie. But dude, I know this became a staple in this thing. But let's we got to talk about it from perspective here. This is the first one, right? Yeah. What's with the hundred and twenty five year old grandfather? He's one hundred and eight. <laughs> he's one hundred eight. Yeah. Oh, he's one hundred and eight. Okay. He's one hundred and eight, but. The, which is weird because 14 years later in the sequel, he's 137. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I said 125. Someone can't do math, but... Um, no sense, yeah. 137. Well, not only does the math not make sense, it doesn't make sense for him to be alive, period. Well, I mean, you, you heard what he said. His pure liquid diet keeps him fresh as a flower. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, hey. People yeah, live now, in longer, but... Run- that either it was just it was just a freaky freaky thing uh, you know i think uh for him to add which is completely fucking effective because grandpa was the only thing that ever scared me about this movie i mean oh, right. I, this movie is terrifying as a whole but what creeped to me out like got under my skin has always been grandpa really that worked for you then yeah, it worked for me. You know what? I'll tell you what. It worked for me, too. I'm, I'm going to take that back. It worked. You know what? Did it was this creepy old fucker sucking on my finger. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm going to say this. It worked for me. <laughs> I'll say this. Ready? It worked for me, but it it eventually doesn't, but we'll get there. Um, okay. <laughs> time. We'll get there. I'll be patient. Mm-hmm. Chicks tied up. Jumps out of a window 30 feet in the air. And she was correct. quite the window jumper, wasn't she? Like, <laughs> she just Twice. sees the window. I'll just dive out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of likes it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, well, uh, she's damned good at it. Yeah, I mean, so, okay, we get to the dinner scene. That's obviously the most iconic, famous scene. Like That's like legendary stuff right there. Uh, you know, Bill Mosley, we're going to play a clip that when we interviewed him, something he said about 
what Toby Hooper said about this movie. I guess we'll play it right now, because I do want to get into an aspect of it. He basically talked about the humor uh, in this movie when I asked him about the humor of part two. So, here's that clip. Play that shit. You know, I was going to ask you about Chop Top. You know, one thing that really struck me is, like, the different tone between Texas Chainsaw, the original, and part two. So, what I'm wondering is, did that affect the way you approach that role? Like, like, was it evident on paper, or, or did it become apparent while you were filming that this movie was not going to be nearly as dark or serious as the original? Well, it's funny. I mean, I got a... Uh... Kit Carson, who co-wrote with Toby, uh, sent me a copy of the script before uh, I ever was chopped up, and he asked me to read the script and pay attention to that character. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I could tell that there was a lot of uh, spoof in it. Uh, you know, the original opening um, uh, was a bunch of, uh, you know, yuppie things, like, I don't know if it was uh, plaid pants or yuppie you know, plates or, you know, some, some kind of, kind of even Marcus ad. And with every, with every new tableau, a chainsaw was supposed to cut through it. So it was clearly like die, yuppie, die. It could have been the subtitle to it. Right. And I could tell that it was uh, definitely, you know, there was a sense of humor to it that basically that the Sawyer family had now moved into kind of, uh, you know, a weird yuppie universe. And, uh, you know, I was trying to get by, you know, with the chili business and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, just kind of, uh, you know, like they wanted the same things that, uh, you know, the yuppies wanted. So I, I got that it was funny. When I went to uh, Austin, Texas to, to shoot Chainsaw 2 in the, the spring of 86, I remember I'd never met Toby before. I got hired on the basis of a short film I made called The Texas Chainsaw Manicure, which was actually set in a beauty parlor in Staten Island. And I played the hitchhiker character. I had never met Toby. Toby hired me on the basis of uh, my 20-second cameos, the hitchhiker. And when I finally did meet him, what really struck me was I remember talking to him and saying, you know, I <clears throat> we really was freaked out by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, it really, you know, really, gave, you know, it, it hurt me, you know, deep down inside. And, you know, only by watching it a bunch of times and making the manicure, um, you know, was I able to kind of rise above it or at least, you know, get back to uh, surface level? And um, and Toby looked at me kind of quizzically and just said, oh, man, I, I thought that I thought, uh, you know, I think of uh, the original as a, as a comedy. Really? And I went, I went what? Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I've looked at it since, uh, you know, from that point of view. And, and it is it's got a lot of uh, very funny moments to it. It does. And there must have been a lot of set humor to it, to boot. You know, when I first saw it back in, you know, 1975, I guess, in Boston, on the double bill with Enter the Dragon uh, in the combat zone in, you know, downtown Boston on a Sunday afternoon, uh, there was nothing funny about it. I yeah. mean, it just uh, it yeah. took the air out of the theater and really freaked everybody out. So for him to, to think of the first one as a comedy, I mean, geez, you know, I just thought, man... What have I gotten into here? <laughs> now, I ask you, what scenes exactly is he talking about? Like, like the only thing I could think of is like the dinner scene when the guy's like, "Help me, help me, help me!" Like, but that's like tort, like tormenting a girl. Like, I don't really see how that's funny. Uh, I don't see what's funny about um, 
I, I really can't even come up with anything. I, I think he was probably talking about, like, dark humor, like, black comedy type of shit. Because, I mean, if you look at it, it is ridiculous stuff. To, you know, uh, it teeters on ridiculous at some points. I'm not saying the movie's ridiculous, but some of the shit that's going on in this. In... What would you say was is ridiculous? I don't even know. The way they act, the way the hitchhiker acts, how we, you know, and it, when they first pick him up and he's cutting himself, it's really fucking out there. Yeah, but you know that's what I mean? Not f- I don't see that as funny. One thing Me I either. know that he considered funny was the old man character and how, you know, he just, you know, he's beating her with the broom. Um, then he like breaks off the handle and then he's just kind of poking her with it and enjoying the it the best. whole time, you know, I mean, and that's funny shit, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, w- I always laugh at Well, yeah, you do, but it's, it's more sadistic. It's not exactly funny. Like, well, like, I laugh at it. So it's funny. Do you? you know? I don't... Yeah. I, I'll, and I laugh when Franklin rolls down the hill. That's funny too. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, it's sadistic, <laughs> but it's fucking funny to watch people fall down. That's just the fact of life. Yeah, so. I guess so, but you know what I mean? Okay, I do. But if he is trying to say that part two was anywhere remotely to the humor level of this one, he's out of his mind. Like, yeah, if, right. if he thinks he followed Sue, he's nuts. And he doesn't. I mean, they completely went in the in the opposite direction on purpose. Okay, good. I, I just, I don't want to be confused here. absolutely did not mean for this to be a comedy you know, it, I mean, it just, it has humorous moments, but most good horror films do. Yeah, but. You need something dark, even if it's really dark humor, you need something to keep people off balance to, uh, so that when horror strikes, they're unaware. And I just want to say, in case anyone thinks I'm dumber than they thought for the last 40 shows, that I do understand that those things are humorous. Right. But I just, I guess when I hear him say that, yeah. I always relate it to part two, like, well, I don't... If you think that this, these are anywhere near in the same thing, then something's wrong with me or you. And I think it's, Dude, he probably just said that because people were probably like, what the fuck, you made that fucked up movie? He's probably like, it's a comedy, what do you want me to say? Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> I understand that those parts are funny, but it's not comedy. No, I don't, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Okay, so, uh, yeah, Hitchhiker gets mauled by a, uh, by the 16-wheeler... Uh, this truck driver dude gets out, goes to save, uh, Sally. <laughs> dude, that's my favorite scene, though, Alex, when he, when he gets out of the truck, and he's running towards her, and then the leather face comes around the back. He sees, dude, he sees him and fucking pulls a Yui. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever happened to him? But he does let her in the truck. He just goes running down the street. Like, he just takes off <laughs> running. But gone. yo, the truck comes though and goes past him <laughs> and fucking skids, picks up the hot chick, which I mean, I can't blame him, but what about the dude? Like, wouldn't you hook up the dude too? Like, yeah, pick up the chick, but I'd, I'd fucking double back for the dude. I'll bet you a million bucks. It, I'll bet you because 3D though picks up from where the first one left off. We're going to find out the fate of that black dude. I want to know. I want to know. Well, if you want to know the answer, Dan, you could faintly hear when she's pulling away laughing at the camera you hear in the background it's because i'm black isn't it <laughs> i thought i heard that <laughs> uh, so uh yeah yeah he just runs off and you never see him again i, I hope we find out his fate dude i really do i, I want to know <laughs> I, I, listen he's a great shot 
I mean, he threw the the wrench right at Leatherface's face. Oh yeah. That was, oh, that's that right. Was. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So you got the classic ending where Leatherface swings around the chainsaw in the in the sunset. He's frustrated. Yeah. The, you know what? I'll tell you. I'll say one little flaw though. Um, I didn't see a sense of urgency in Drayton Sawyer when Sally kind of broke free and took off. He he didn't seem. I don't know. Is it just my bad memory? He didn't seem very concerned, as I as you would imagine somebody would be if someone just escaped. I thought the same thing about all of them initially because they just sort of seem to stand there yeah, you know, right. while she runs right. off. Right. But then if you watch the deleted scenes, there's a scene that was shot of their reacting to her leaving and they sort of jump into motion. However, oh. they didn't use that scene. Okay. So um, then it ends up being... It, it's sort of there's kind of a, a weird pause there that that makes it seem like where are they you know and then right. all of a sudden right. he comes running in the house and you're like well what the hell took you so long you know? <laughs> right I mean she was on the ground she had to get up she was limping <laughs> I knew it. I was right again okay <laughs> you know how they've always been using that line based on a true story or whatever but um I just heard that Toby Hooper, well, he basically said this, um, that he wanted a whole family of Ed Geins, and obviously Ed Gein is a real person, so that's yeah. where the whole true part comes in in that. So. Well, and yeah. they didn't even know who Ed Gein was until like two years after this movie was made. Oh, word? Um, yeah, he had heard stories as a child about this killer because he had family in Wisconsin, and yes. they would tell horror stories about this, uh, this guy, and uh, he never knew his name. But then he decided he's like, I want a whole family of these guys. And then way later, he learned that he learned who it was. And I just think that's really cool. Jamie, I think we listened to the same commentary. I think we did too. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, but I didn't want to. I had a feeling you guys you both told me you did. <laughs> but most of these things are our observations, we promise. No, I mean, well, these little fact things, I mean, there's no way, other way for you to know them other than watching I was stuff. there. I was so, there. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan was there. In fact, he is Leatherface. You're fucked if you run across them. You're fucked, dude. Like, you know, you got a, you got a crazy retard who's going to kill you, you know? And especially because <laughs> it's not just they're going to kill you. Well, they're going to kill you because they don't have anything to eat. They're going to fucking eat you <laughs> up, dude. They're going to throw you in a stew. You're going to be some gas station barbecue. Right. Exactly. The thing that was interesting to me was how Sally still sees Drayton Sawyer as a level-headed, like, the level-headed sane one in the family. She's like, please, you can make them stop. When he's the whole reason she's there. Right. He kidnapped her, and, and, and he seems to run everything the way he beats the two brothers, I guess, up. <laughs> and she still... <laughs> Coon shit. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Did you let her get away?" He's like, "No, no, 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 no." He's like, "Well, well, look what you did to the door." Like, no matter what happened, he was in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he was not getting off the hook, no matter what. No, like he was gonna get a beaten, and if Drayton Sawyer had to sit there for five minutes thinking of another reason why I could beat the shit out of him, he will. Mm -hmm. well, of all of them, who would you choose? You know, 
the guy with the skin face and the chainsaw, the guy who cuts himself and goes bleh all the time, <laughs> you know, or the guy who looks, you know, relatively normal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's that's another thing too. Uh, they gave him three different masks in this movie too. One, you know, that he wore around the kitchen table, which is what like a ladies with hair, like a Chinese lady or something. Yeah, and they basically said that because uh, you know he couldn't convey any uh, emotions or anything, so that's how we how he could convey things is by his fucking <laughs> mass of other people so yeah i mean it's fucked up but uh think about it like i said he's a retard he doesn't have a chance in hell anyways <laughs> hey, what did, did you guys hear him talk like when when drain first comes home and they have an interaction in the kitchen did he not talk i really think i heard him say stuff he grunted and it was it was a, a like a grunty pointy kind of thing um i wouldn't call it talking he was communicating. He was definitely communicating. That's but. how Alex is during football season. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Tiffany's like, hey, hon, can you get off the couch and put these beer bottles away? I'll be like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going to play a clip of him with that audible Uh-oh. communication of his. Where are they showing? Oh, get away. <laughs> Then there you go. I don't understand any more than you understand what we're saying. So, all right. So uh, let's give a rating for this movie. Uh, Dan, you go first. How do you rate it from one to ten? Okay. Uh, let's see. I probably all right. Take away the cultural significance, which I think it's a point and just a point alone. Probably a seven. So with that, an eight. Yeah, then the next movie, Dan's going to be like, did this one change the cultures? No? Okay, it's a six. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I really hate number You know I hate number rating. Um, so what do you do? What do you like to do? I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to give this movie a nine. And you the only a ten? <laughs> a a ten. ten. A ten. A fuck ten. A little Varsity Blues reference. <laughs> The only thing I am detract uh, that I am subtracting for is that there were some lighting issues here and there. There were a couple of dark spots. Um, that was something that they couldn't really help because of budgetary budgetary constraints. But it's still there, you know. So um, it's not completely perfect, but damn near close to it. Mm-hmm. I give this a. I'm teetering from a nine to a nine point five. Ooh, I. I think this is damn near perfect. It's truly one of the shocking movies of the world. Um, even, even you know, I watched in 2000, I was pretty shocked. <clears throat> really well done. I love how they <clears throat> make you feel like you're really there. I love the lack of score. I love the shitty look. I love the characters. I think the acting was great. Um, the kills were awesome, realistic. Uh, that That's what I look for. Yeah. In, in this type of thing and um, the, the the chicks were smoking hot if I had to choose the hotter girl <sighs> damn I, I think Sally would have also looked good in short shorts but I just couldn't see so and she looked so ugly at the dinner table with that cre- that creepy close up of her eye and all that <laughs> stuff and she really just didn't look good at all when she was screaming for her life so I'm gonna go with the uh, the other chick as the hotter girl, but I gotta agree with that one. Yeah, she looked so ugly. Yeah, I will agree with. I will agree with. Yeah, 
and uh, I like I like brunettes anyway. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that um, one thing I want to say is that to me, this film captures very realistically what would happen to your brain if you were put into this situation. By yep. the end of this, she is at her wit's end. She's screaming, and that's pretty much all she can do. And a lot of people complain about the fact that there's a bunch of screaming at the end of this movie. But what I think is important to remember is that after all that she has seen and after all that she has been through, what do you expect from her? There is nothing left. I mean, she's lost it. And it's understandable. Well, yeah, you could do that. And maybe she did. I don't know. Um, If that's what gets you off, then you can imagine that. Um, But anyways, so... um, Probably, I think this is closer to an actual mental breakdown uh, than in anything I've ever seen. So um, it, it's extremely, extremely successful. And because she is like this, and then the audience is on edge the entire time. Yeah, I think this was a home run. Absolutely. I don't know what they set out to do, but they did something special that month. And the best in the series, let's note. First and foremost, oh, I mean, and uh, we'll get into the other movies, but I... Oh, I w- damn it, Dan. We were going to rank these at the end. Jesus Christ. Hey, man. Hey, man. Now, everybody knows your first answer. I think you said that in the intro, didn't you? I know. He doesn't listen. <laughs> what are you listening to when we do this? No, I mean, you said in the intro that it was the best in the series. Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stop pointing out my faults. I told you, just always... Dan is... Look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1, and it's Chainsaw, if anybody noticed the title. That's right. I always type it that way, too. And I've actually oh. gotten some respect for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how they write it that way. And what what was the original title originally, guys? What what was it supposed to be? Uh, Head Cheese. <laughs> Can you imagine, dude? I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is pretty crazy. It went from Head Cheese to Leatherface to that. And, uh, yeah, I think they won. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be Sorry. right back with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, the follow up. <laughs> Christ, can we just skip this guy? Thirteen years ago, audiences across America were horrified by the savagery of a faceless killer. In the wake of this bizarre rampage, he vanished. Now, after more than a decade of silence, he has come out of hiding. Chainsaw Massacre 2. The buzz is back. Directed by Toby Hooper. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, 1986. Starring Jim Seidel again as Drayton Sawyer. Dennis Hopper. I guess, uh, you know, what are you, bad agent? Lefty and right. <laughs> Caroline Williams is Stretch. What kind of a name is Stretch? Oh. <laughs> our, our friend Bill Mosley is Chop Top Sawyer. Yeah. The hitchhiker's brother from part one. 
And, of course, that was another mistake I made on our first jump to shark. I thought that Bill Mosley was the original hitchhiker, and that play in his head was because he got hit by the 16-wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That's how, that, that's how little I paid attention to this movie. Oh, well. Bill Johnson as Leatherface, Gunnar Hansen. He, he was, you know, they did ask him, but they only offered him scale plus 10%. He said, come back with a better offer. They came back with just scale. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so, uh, just, I only have, like, two facts. For this one, Jim Sidow is the only actor that came back from the original movie, and Tom Savini once stated that the makeup effects he created for Grandpa is his most proud accomplishment. What? Yeah, can you imagine that? Wait, I actually prefer Grandpa from the first one. Yeah. I do. I feel like, I feel like this Grandpa had a gen nose. <laughs> I can't believe Savini said that though. That's fucked up, dude. He's done a lot of shit. I think better than that. Wow. Yeah, he did do some cool stuff in this movie, though. Yeah. I sure. think there are some cool gore effects in this. All right. Well, Jamie, what was going on in 1986? You had Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, humor. You had House, humor. Deadly Friend, humor. Critters, humor. Really? Class of Newcom High, Chopping Mall, April Fool's Day. Night of the Creeps. <laughs> okay, can we get on with this? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's okay. so many. <laughs> okay. So people get the picture. <laughs> All right. So uh, basically uh, they wanted to squeeze this in there with the theme that was going on. See, this movie really set a lot of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre themes that probably overall hurt the franchise formula-wise. Like It's almost like they tried to make part one three more times with these movies and and oddly enough they were different enough and entertaining that they still worked so you know i'm not about to go on a bashing fest for you know the rest of the retrospective but i think it's most important to point out that that the odd approach they took for this horror series in terms of like sticking to a format like uh and i'll, I'll point them out for each movie because you know i want to do all of them but we start off with uh, another opening prologue. That is part one of the formula. On the afternoon of August 18th, 1973, five young people in a Volkswagen van ran out of gas on a farm road in South Texas. Four of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Sally Hardesty Enright, was picked up on a roadside, blood caked and screaming murder. Sally said she had broken out of a window in hell. The girl babbled a mad tale. A cannibal family in an isolated farmhouse. Chainsawed fingers and bones. Her brother, her friends, hacked up for barbecue. Chairs made of human skeletons. Then she sank into Catatonia. Texas lawmen mounted a month-long manhunt but could not locate the macabre farmhouse. They could find no killers and no victims. No facts, no crime. Officially, on the records, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre never happened. But during the last 13 years, over and over again, reports of bizarre, grisly chainsaw mass murders have persisted all across the state of Texas. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre has not stopped. It haunts Texas. It seems to have no end. You got... What did I like? You like that one? I like See, I think the problem me and Dan have already expressed that this movie's such a departure from the original one. I mean, the nitty-gritty look is gone. The humor goes way beyond the characters. And now it's now it's within, like, the plot. And it's within the settings, the, the battles, the circumstances. You know, uh, mm-hmm. all, all, the, all the humor with Chop Top and Drayton Sawyer is, is fine. Except for uh, one thing 
Drayton Sawyer says at the end uh, that we'll get into. But uh, yeah. it's all the it's all the outlandish crap I have a problem with. Like uh, I I wouldn't have such a problem if this movie wasn't such a departure from part one. Sometimes I feel like if this was the tone right away, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, what the fuck? Like, I think seeing that one and feeling like I felt about it and seeing this is like, if I, if you were in the movie theater, could you imagine what you would think seeing this? Yeah, I'd yeah, be like, what I, the fuck? I was in the movie theater scene. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, and and you didn't say, like, is this for real? Hell no, I loved it. And when this, uh, okay, right before this movie came out, I, and I've already told you this story, but... Um, before this movie came out, I was in the car with my best friend and her mom, and she cute. Uh, yeah, she was cute. Um, <laughs> it was fifteen years ago, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was. I wish it was fifteen years ago. Oh, sorry, twenty. Uh, yeah, you're right. Jesus, what am I talking about? Twenty six years ago. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was twelve, and uh, there was. Um, and I can tell you more about that later if you want. There, there was this newspaper article. Uh, she had the newspaper in her car, and I picked it up, and there was this article about this movie that was coming out, this new Dennis Hopper movie, and they showed a still. Um, it was a picture of him standing on, like, checking out the wreckage from the beginning of the movie, and the first time we see him. You know, I was just really, I just remember vividly reading this article and being super excited to go see this movie. So I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, uh, and I, I just thought it was fun as hell. When this came out on video, my mom and I would rent this all the time. And uh, our ritual was we would <laughs> we would order barbecue pizza from Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh, because it's barbecue. Yeah, and then we would watch <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And that was like, that was good family time. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate to give that movie even that. <laughs> <laughs> Built you a little fry house. <laughs> oh, God. Me and Dan talked about this already. Uh, I'm going to say this, though. Upon watching it for this show, I didn't... It wasn't, like, really the worst thing in the world. Uh-huh. I just I just think... Uh, I don't know. I just... You know what I really feel like? That it was a complete waste of time. Yeah, that dude, thank you. That's exactly how I felt, man. Yeah, and for, for me, it was kind of a Bill Mosley fest, too, because I'm a big... Mo- you know, we're fucking... We're big fans of his, and uh, oh, he was, definitely stands out in this. Yeah, and and, and it it kind of, it fits the tone of the movie, and like Alex said too, I I don't have a problem with necessarily his performance in it, but the whole I mean, come on, I mean, where do we even start? This whole movie is just trash. I'm sorry, Jamie. Like, I'm not, you know, but start off with the first scene, Dan. The the two college kids driving around. And then all of a sudden they call a radio station and Stretch, you know, is like, you know, when they start they start acting like pricks on the phone, she can't hang up on them for some bizarre reason. Have you, what the hell is that? Yeah, right. Like, what, what kind of a scenario is that even to start with? You run a radio show, you can't fucking, you can't unplug your shit. Like, come on. <laughs> you can't hang up a phone? Have you ever, and of course, that's just trying to fill in a plot point right. where, okay, here's what we want to do. Right. We want to have you have the recording of the kids getting killed then you're gonna play that then they're gonna come and try to get you so how can we do that yeah. well i could i could i would just hang up on them if that okay then make it so you can't hang up oh and if you ever want to date your movies in the 80s 
then put a fucking car phone in there <laughs> and make it yeah. the size of your head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So, and th- then it gets stupid. See, it, it's it's weird because it was kind of cool when the Sawyer family pulls their truck in front of those dudes at the bridge. That was kind of eerie. And it's like, oh, shit. You played chicken with them. Now you're fucked. Then it gets really weird. But it ends great, but it gets really weird. Somehow the Sawyers drive in reverse perfectly alongside these guys, even though you can only drive in one gear in reverse, and the other car would easily top them off in a, a couple... Were they in reverse? No shit. Yeah. Yeah, they were in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, why not hit the damn brakes when the guy's sawing your car? Why not run them off the road? Yeah, there's some poor character choices here. Those glasses, too. Why is the college guy still holding on to the phone while he's holding on to the wheel driving and this is all happening? Like, is that really your priority? Wouldn't you throw the phone in the back and just really try to concentrate? Uh, dude, don't, well, forget that, man. The motherfucker's got a gun. The kid in the passenger seat's got a gun, dude. And he can't seem to fucking get out your window and fucking aim well enough to fucking cap Leatherface or, you know, whoever the fuck's up there in the head, dude. I mean, come on. Well, he did, but he just moved the fake head. He hits Nevins. Um, and I think the use of nubbins right there is scary as fuck. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. No, you're right. Standing on the side of the truck, you know, with that yeah. corpse, like, just right. being that corpse, that's that's terrifying. No, that was you know, cool. This movie does have some solid moments. Mm-hmm. No, it's followed up by probably one of the greatest kills in all four movies. Uh, Leatherface apparently saws the top of the driver's head off and it goes sliding off. Right. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Except for the blood squirt, that was cheese. But yeah, yeah. Um, at that point, though, you're like, wow, this movie's going to be amazing. Did you recognize that, though? The um, It was so similar to the scene in Friday the 13th where Betsy, Betsy Palmer's head gets chopped off. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you've got the hands grasping and the blood squirting up just like in that decapitation scene. Yep. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Well... Uh, you know, a lot of times when I review a movie, I try to see if, like, things make sense. Like, does this character development make sense? And to me, this could be argued, but Leatherface is a little out of character. Like, uh, I, like, I always like to say, would fill in the blank from part one do this? And my best example is from the Halloween series. Would Michael Myers from part one ever walk on a roof just to get Jamie and Rachel? Of course not. Uh, Michael's silent and sleek. He's patient. He lurks in the shadows. And then he gets you when you least expect it. So that makes no sense. Right. Now, this the same goes for, like, Leatherface. I mean... Yes, he's silent. <laughs> he's very stealthy with that chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, the same goes for him where what he did didn't make sense. Would he really be... In- can you imagine the guy from the first movie giving high fives? Would he have a crush on Stretch? I mean, yeah. he had he had two way hotter girls in part one. He just fucking took them, threw them on the hook. He didn't look at them. He didn't see how hot they were. You know, like, he just doesn't do that shit. It's just, like, so out of character. It's like like Michael Vick buying a dog or Ben Roethlisberger getting married or <laughs> Rihanna going back with that dude or beat her up. Like, it's just something that would never happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, oh wait, wait. Oh, wait. They all happen? Yeah, oh, sorry. They all. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they just really humanize him and in the worst way. And it, he just becomes like a, a goofy lunkhead like Bebop and Rocksteady from the Ninja Turtles. Like, oh, oh remember though? Dude, that was my first movie in the theaters. <laughs> Ninja Turtles 1. Oh, no, wait. That's Ghostbusters. Sorry. 
Yeah. What, what, Dan, what do you think of the mask in this one compared to the original? Um, I don't even... Do, I didn't I didn't think it was that bad in this one, but I mean... Hollywood prop. Well, yeah, I think it fit in with the, the rest of the fucking tone of the movie, which was just horrible. It was just like, to me, dude, this was like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, the loony, ter- loony fucking tune. <laughs> you know, it was just so bad, dude. Um, but yeah, I think it fit the tone. I think the mask fit the tone. I thought it was goofy. I thought... Um, one thing I noticed, too, and the whole series in general, but more this film than, than any of the other ones, the body count is fucking close to nothing. Now, when I say body count, yeah, you know, there's thousands and thousands of fucking bones, but you don't see that. I'm talking about kills you see on screen. How many were there in this fucking movie? Let's count them. Two in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? What else? L- LG. Barely. It took him how long to fucking die for it? Yeah, he fucking dropped dead. Yeah, well, right. Then you can. Are you gonna count Dennis Hopper and uh, Drayton? No. And no, but why not? They were. Why not? They were blown up with a grenade. True. 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 Okay. Yeah. So even right there, that's five people. Okay. Well, the funny thing is, it's 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 known as such a uh, a bloody franchise, but the the kill count isn't that big compared to the other. You know. The, the, the big franchises or whatever. So it is bloody and it's gory or as people, you know, claim at least the first one to be anyways in the sequels in general. Because if you think about it, they're not that that gory. And on top of that, the body count just isn't there. It really isn't, you know? It, it's well, sadistic also, shit that they're doing, but it's... Yeah, I, but you also have to keep in mind time period, too. We're talking about 1986, and we just went through a breakdown of everything they'll that was going on in 1986. It was vastly comedic. I mean, right. if a horror film came out, chances are going, chances were it was going to be a comedy. And that's so that is what the waters were like back then. You also had, um, as far as gore, there, I mean, there are a couple of shots in this one where you don't even see the kill. There's a cutaway. You right. know, you might, you might think you saw it, but they really cut away, and um, it's because well, they couldn't really do that that much back. Then. Right. But I mean, even even um, with the kills, though, just you know the amount of them, I just don't. I, I it just kind of stands out to me that it's. Um, I figured it would be more significant. You know, you think Texas Chainsaw, you think big body counts, and they allude to that, like I said, with the with all the skeletons of all the people that they've killed and eaten, but. Which I'm I talking. find infinitely creepier than actually yeah. being killed on screen. You know what? What That's creeps good point. me out about this movie more than anything are uh, it's um, really one of the nastiest things in this movie. And we're going to talk about it in, in a bit. Is from part three. But anytime the like you see like body pits or um, things made of human bones and they're everywhere, everywhere. Um, to me, that is yep. much creepier. I agree. I yeah, I, I did like the skulls with the hands for wings on the side of their head. That yeah, <laughs> that was actually cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Jamie, I'm so sorry. Dan, do you want to blast through a few what the f moments? Because I'm thinking of a few right now. Yeah, yeah. What you got, bro? All right. I I my one of my biggest gripes is where this takes place. Texas Battleland. <laughs> Look. People think it's ridiculous that Jason had that underground thing going on in the Friday 13th remake, but here it's perfectly normal to see them living in this elaborately decorated place. Oh my god, dude. Who out of those three assholes lit thousands of candles throughout the tunnels is what I want to know. Yeah, right? 
like I, I understand you have a big budget, but goddamn, keep the people in character. <laughs> I mean, who is doing that? Uh, uh, stretch, stretch, and happens to stand on the right thing and goes down a tube into their place. That is ridiculous. It's not realistic. No. The, um, I remember the bleeding walls, and like that's ridiculous. And then, but they kind of cover for it by having them smash it, and the guts come out. And then you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's where they keep the guts. But come on, it was a little too artsy. Right. You know, right. that was not realistic. Uh, like e- even even the logic of Dennis Hopper makes no sense. Why would you cut the foundation beams from outside and work your way in? If it collapses, number one, you don't get deep enough inside to make a difference, and number two, it'll kill you. I well, think he's, yeah right. He's off the deep end at this point. I mean, he's he has no fear. He is not afraid to die. He is going in and he's lost his fucking mind. I guess. I think another what the fuck moment though was when he first got those chainsaws, man, and he's fucking going uh, at it with those. I mean, come on. I just I love was, the old guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's all into it too. It's like he's what like, the fuck is this? Like, but come on, like at that point when you're watching that. It's just so fucking stupid and goofy. It's like, come on, dude. Like, how could you ever look at this movie and take it seriously? Like, I know Dennis Hopper, he's a big actor or whatever. Like, yeah, it was cool when he got his head knocked off in speed. But other than that, like, I feel like this was such a low point in his career that you gotta, yeah. you gotta take a little away from him for this one. I'm sorry. Ouch. Speaking of chainsaws, like, the, the great scene where, um, Leatherface is carving up LG. Like, that could have been great, but then he pulls out an electric carving knife to do it? Yeah, right. It's funny! That's humor for humor's sake. Of course yeah. it is. This is a comedy. <laughs> this is this See, one is supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, I know. And I, that's what I don't like about it, though. It's so different from the first one. If maybe they did that in, like, part four or five, you know? You know? That they, they know they can't touch the first one. You can't True. do that again. It's lightning in a bottle. It would never happen again. So what do you do? I mean, and directors do this all the time. You go in the completely opposite direction because no. you want to steer them away from no. from what was so successful because you know you can't do that again. It's just so far left. It just gets me. It's just so far left. It's crazy to me. And, 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 and like Alex said, I guess maybe if you didn't, you know, see the first one or... You're not thinking of the same, you know, if you if you didn't take this one's tone and compare it to the other ones and see such a difference between them, then yeah, that's one thing. But I feel like, all right, take all that away. This movie by itself, tonally, I mean, I, you know, we see tons of horror movies like this, especially like Jamie said in the 80s. Like, you can ramble off a million of them. Yeah, and this is one of them. It's just one of them. Um, yeah, this one jumped the shark at two. Yeah, we said that, you know. Yeah, and I told you you were wrong then. <laughs> Dude, even even the when they try to do a reference, like having Franklin in the wheelchair with the flashlight intact, like he's still holding on to the goddamn flash. I think he dropped it when his stomach was getting sawed open. He didn't, you know? though. In, in the movie, he's still holding on to the flashlight while he's getting... While he's getting chainsawed, get out of here! Do you guys, I'm serious. <laughs> let me ask you a question though. Do you guys feel like it takes away from the first movie? <laughs> no. No, I, I'm one of those people, Dan, who even though there's like a horrendous movies like Halloween Six out there, I could still watch Halloween One and not think that Michael's killing people because he's under a cult. See, yeah. <laughs> see, but when I'm watching Scream 1, dude, I'm like, oh, see, fucking Roman made these motherfuckers do it. Like, see, I can't separate them, dude, a lot of the time. Really? Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. It's always in the back of my head. But, yeah, I don't know. Mm, it's no. just me, man. I got a problem. I need to go to rehab. 
I, I do feel bad. Let's get to some positives. Um, okay, okay, great scene. Stretch wearing the face of LG in front of LG. That was yeah. gross. Like, that is just the concept is so hardcore. And, and, and they actually put a spin on that idea in the remake, but we'll get into that, you know, in part two of this. Uh, so they actually kind of borrowed from, from this one. That was a great idea, and it was a good thing. Then, um, like, LG cuts her arms free, and, like, the thing is, I mean, come look, the guy cuts you free. At least, the least you could do is give him his face back before he drops dead. Yeah, right, dude? She puts it on when he's already dead. Like, well, she didn't really have a chance. I mean, he just... Yeah, ten seconds. I don't, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> it was a kind of, it gave us what it gave us was a tender moment then when she put his face back you know and she really did love him which I thought was was sweet their their relationship was was cute um it's a shame though that he died before she told him she loved him that makes me kind of sad see I didn't you know? think it was, was sweet at all I didn't think it was sweet at all. I think he wanted to get with her. I think he wanted some booty. She wouldn't give it up from him, and he was still like, "Oh, darling, uh, uh, fucking like that's a little." Not punk. A, that's, that's not how at I look all. at it. How, no, that's not at all how he was. Oh my god! And if she didn't, <laughs> and if she didn't put that recording that's out there telling. like she did, then he wouldn't be dead. Exactly. She's to, she should feel very guilty. Well, Instigator, and I'm sure she does when she comes down off her crazy. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Yeah, she's a little preoccupied right now, being. Well, psycho. no, I want to talk about her being a little crazy too, because she does the same stupid fucking Leatherface dance at yeah, the end crazy. that he does. Oh up- God, what's up with that? Straight and up, we, we called that as teenagers. We dubbed that the Bubba Boogie. The bu- <laughs> the, <laughs> on the Skeleton Crew, we call that the What the F moment. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah here at the crew, <laughs> I really enjoyed the scene with the introduction of Chop Top in the record store where he's like burning the, the hook and scratching his plate. Like that is one of the scariest shit. Like when she first opens the door and he's sitting on the couch in the dark, that is scary in the way he's acting all nutty. Yeah. Tell me that was not the greatest jump scare. When he's like talking to her and Leatherface busts out of the door with the yeah. chainsaw. Holy shit. Wait. Like that was really good. Does he bust through a, a door or a wall? Uh, I don't know. He comes through. He comes out of the doorway from the record vault. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay, now let's get to more bad things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another dinner scene. <clears throat> Grandpa bashes her head yet again. Grandpa again. <laughs> now he's 137. Okay. <laughs> party. You know he's still fucking partying. This time, stand up. Yeah, right? Yeah, what's up with that, dude? They're feeding up some extra shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like it wasn't odd enough in the first movie. Now, right. you know, we'll, we'll keep him until uh, he's 12 years older and when he shouldn't have been alive for the last 55 years in the first movie. Uh, you know, why won't this guy die? Nobody knows, man. Nobody knows. What is this? It's just pure liquid liquid diet. It keeps him fresh as a flower. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all if we all just do that, we'll... We'll live to uh, 150? Uh, yeah, but do you want to? Look at him. He's not getting any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole dinner scene, like I said, there's some formats that these movies just stay on. The dinner scene, again, uh, look, 
you you know if you if you don't think you could recreate if you think it's magic in a bottle why are you almost doing this scene for scene for a couple things and that iconic dinner scene is not something you just keep throwing oh let's get a table get a girl tired of the chair it's gonna be great yeah right that that, that's all it takes well, I mean, I can I can think of several reasons that you would do that. You want one, you want something to be able to tie this one to the original. You've Ugh. gone so far outside the box from the first one that you want to be able to to bring it back home for the fans. And um that is an iconic scene from the original and it's one that stuck out. It's one that and that's the kind of thing that people who were going to see the sequel were looking for. They wanted more of what disturbed them so deeply in the first one and so that you know you go back to something that works i mean that hollywood does that all the time i mean okay jamie you like this movie right <laughs> i do like this movie i like this movie a lot tell me okay <laughs> what what do you rate the dinner scene from the original what would you rate that <laughs> oh, out, shit. Of, out of what 10 um okay well I would give it a 10, then. Okay. A 10! She gives it, it a 10! Much, a fucking 10! It pretty much <laughs> defines the dinner scene, you know? Yes. So, Jamie. Yes, honey. I want to hear you say it. And we, This is all recording, right? <laughs> what do you give the dinner scene from uh, Part 2? Um, I would probably say... Come on. A 6. Mm. Exactly. And I... But what's... That's, that, I didn't say that... I'm just all I was saying was that it's not an uncommon thing for them to do, right? You know, and there were logical reasons that they did it. Obviously, it wasn't as successful. Although you do get that great scene where he's like uh, dragging nubbins under the table. I do love Drayton's little, you know, when he's talking about his hemorrhoids and uh, that's the line. That's the one. Saved him from you know a trip to the hospital and <laughs> yeah I mean he's just talking to himself about crazy bullshit I mean because he just got sawed in the ass yeah um, right I do like that scene a lot I mean he's just uh, and he goes on and on and on and that's where this movie really hits hard with capitalism consumerism I mean in this film oddly enough for it to be the less serious of the two so far this one is the one that practically beats you over the head with with commentary. Um, but it, but in a humorous way. But I mean, with what? And with what? I don't get shit like that. Explain it to me. Um, well, I mean, there's this, there's a big. Well, when he's under the table talking to himself, you know, um, he and well, and even all through that, he talks about how, you know, the businessman, uh, you know, the little businessman loses out. Yeah. And, um, you know, everything to him is about business. You know, he's got his whole like as soon as. So as soon as Lefty walks in, he immediately thinks that he is—he uh, was sent by a competitor. Yeah, right, right, for his fucking, yeah, yeah for his stew, so, um, whatever, chili. You know, he's like, I'm the Lord's Harvest. And he's like, what is that, some new health food bunch? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the, hey, uh, that's another thing I wanted to mention to you guys. No, I don't, oh, I don't oh, ever oh. buy, um, I don't ever buy coincidences like that, like how they were at the radio station doing their radio show at the same fucking chili cook-off as the family that she's going to meet. You know, a little later. I mean, yeah, right. do, doesn't that just take you out of it? Like, I hate coincidences like that. If it's organic to the story for these characters to meet, yeah. But if you're going to just do that and, like, it, that had no bearings on anything, I, right? I mean... Yeah, there was no real point. No, not at all. I think what happened there is that I think she wrangled that gig from her radio station so she, that she could go to the hotel and meet Lefty. 
Right. Okay. Yeah, but who even knew he'd be there? I don't. I don't get. Well, it. I mean, I don't know. Somehow she figured it out. But that is the point: is that she went there to meet him. Right. And I think that in order to be able to do that, she told them, "Hey, I'll, I'll do that story or whatever." You know, I don't know. But I, I, that's at least what I've always thought. Right. But I but also wanted just... to bring up too, as far as the as the commentary goes, this is and remember too, this is again 1986. This is when um, yuppies are big. I mean, look at the first two guys in the beginning. Yeah. Yuppies. They, they, they took them out, you know. Um, this is smack dab in the middle of the 80s. This is everything that American Psycho is talking about, you know, is, right. is going on at this time. It. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot there. I, mean, I yeah. just wanted to finish that. <laughs> now, let's talk about finishing off Leatherface. Uh, Lefty rams a chainsaw through Leatherface's stomach. It comes out <laughs> of his goddamn back. Uh-huh. So, how do we have... Two more movies before the remake. <laughs> you know. He he just shows up again like it's nobody's business. Well, because these movies really, uh, after this, I mean, they're all over the place. They go off the track big time. Oh, you please, know wait till we get there. <laughs> I am going to, I'm pointing it all out. Uh, but I'm not saying they're bad. Some are okay. They just have a couple problems. This, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm going to take the... Uh, in case you're afraid, I think Dan and I are going to rip this one the most, so you're going to get a more lighthearted retrospective. I don't know which ones Jamie doesn't like yet. That's a surprise. Uh, so don't worry. This will not be a bash fest. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so at you know at the end, um, you see like uh, Stretch pull the uh, chainsaw out of another family member's hands, and then... Uh, Chop Top's like, you killed her! You killed mom or grandma Grandma, or you hog bitch. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't grandma in, in the damn first movie up in the attic, and wasn't she just a skeleton? Was that yes. true? Uh, oh, yeah. wow. That is true. So how the hell is she here with a bunch of meat on her? And she's alive. Maybe yeah. I, I, it doesn't necessarily have to make sense. Well, and the, dude, but nothing in that scene makes sense. And I, I, I work with chainsaws a lot too. If you're not, if you're, if you're not gonna get it on the first couple pulls, you're not gonna get it on the fucking twentieth one. You gotta prime that bitch, and you gotta pull it. Prime it and pull it, and it'll start. If you don't fucking prime it, it, it never starts like that. I'm calling bullshit again. Prime the pumps. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's get this shit over with. Um, I'm sorry, anybody who likes this. I really am. This is also a, a mirror of what went on in the end of the first one. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. So, um, so there you go. That's that's our review for this. Uh... You know, we never we never played anything for laughs. I mean, that was, you know, the, you know, the, I think good comedy is is you know is when everybody's oblivious to it being comedic. You just you know play your part. Right. And then, um, you know, the yeah. context kind of makes everything funny or gives it a perspective. Rating time, Dan, 1 to 10. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd give this motherfucker a 3. Okay. Ouch. <laughs> oh, and believe me, it only gets a 3 because I can laugh at it. And it has nothing to do with <laughs> its ability to make me laugh. I'm laughing at uh-huh. That hurts just a little bit. Just a little. Um, I'm going to go 9.5 on this one. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> Michael J? I'm, Are you out of your mind? I'm kidding. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. 
Oh, dude, you made us nervous real quick. Wow. Oh, I just love to hear you guys freak out. And Dan, that would have been a 10. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so realistically, Jamie, what do we got? Don't fuck with I'm not fucking, I won't fuck with you again. I love this movie. It is extremely, and I will admit, it's extremely nostalgic for me. And Ah, also, that's the, okay. It's yeah. also dated, you know. Um, so people who are watching it later out of context, it, you know, it'll be just another bad movie to them. I can totally get that. But for me, um, 6.5. Ah, oh, good. Excellent. That's fair. That's really good. I was so afraid she was even going to hit seven, and she went right there without going over. <laughs> She's She was edging. I always hit my mark. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that was great. I'm going to go ahead, and uh, honestly, if you want to compare it to Jamie's rating, I'd give it a one. I mean, but <laughs> but uh, for just my own thing, I was, I was going to say four. Okay. So, because I think... Um, Chop Top's a great character. I don't think we got enough of him. Yep. I don't think it was fulfilling. Uh, I think it was just the most ridiculous movie, outlandish. It was ju- even for the like I said the the decorations in their Nam Land or whatever the hell that was. And... All right. Nam Land. Well, I mean, it was they... <laughs> like my plate, you dog dicks. <laughs> they had taken over an abandoned amusement park. This place already existed. They just took it over. Okay, well then, okay, I'll forgive it, but I don't forgive the candle lighting. <laughs> never. Uh, never, I don't forgive that. So, uh, <laughs> no, this is this this movie is overall a waste of time, I think, unless you're really big on Chop Top. And I don't know. I have really nothing to say. So, uh, I give it a, yeah, a, a four. <laughs> so, there you go. I don't recommend it. That Dan does doesn't. not rock. Jamie does. <laughs> so... We will be right back with uh, Crazy Booger. <laughs> a movie does doesn't get too much. This this movie kind of was under a pile here. I mean, I don't think uh, too many people even saw this. But we'll get into Texas Chainsaw Massacre three right after this. Some tales are told, then soon forgotten. But a legend is forever. Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Now, from the producers of A Nightmare on Elm Street, the real terror begins. November 3rd. Okay, we are at Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Three. Yes. Yes, that's a weird name. This is 1990. It's four years after part two and 16 years after part one. (sighs) It is starring Kate Hodge as Michelle, Ken Foray, as you you all know him, as Benny, R.A. Michal... Hell Hoff <laughs> as Leatherface, <laughs> William Butler as Ryan, Vigo Morton. Oh, dude, murdered it. Vigo Morton, the King of Gondor himself. Oh, as Text, Tex, and Dwayne Whitetaker 
makes an appearance. Wait, oh, Whitaker. Whitaker. Okay. Uh, this is the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie not filmed in Texas. Toby Hooper was not involved with this film like he was the two prior. And this was originally slated for November 3rd, 1989 release, and the release date was soon pushed to January 12th of the following year. And here's what I want to, here's the reason I took that note. Because how ironic that same as part three of the new series of Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, they were both pushed to January. Yeah, dude. What? Isn't that odd? So that must mean... Like, when history repeats itself, like, like isn't that... It's so weird. Part three of each one. And as a lot of people know, when you push a movie from... <clears throat> I don't really know when, from summer on, I suppose, till January, that means they don't believe in it. But a lot of the times, it's not the case. Um, I feel like there's a lot of politics involved, too. So I try not to read too much into why a movie's being pushed back. One way or the other, you know, it could be fucking a million things. It could be, it could be marketing financing. Who knows? I mean, it could be a million, million things. So. Well, in the case of the new movie that's coming out, unfortunately, as we talked to Bill Mosley, he said that that was shot last summer, and we we had this conversation in like what March, around May. Yeah. So it was shot in 2011, and it's not coming out till 2013. Like I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Who cares? All right. The the thing that occurred to me is that at this point, uh, Leatherface is like I'm not rooting for him yet. You know, like he he maintains what a killer in horror in a horror film should. In the first three films, like he's actually still intimidating. The only time you root for him is like I guess in part two when those two kids were driving that we mentioned, he, he saw the top of the kid's head off. Like, when you have great kills, it's like, yeah, you know, right. get him, this and that. But besides that, like, I'm invested in the victims still. So I think I think they did good here. Yep. You know, uh, you got Ken Foray. He was a great, a great guy. You know, the, the adversity he's overcoming, the, the, hit, the two kids that were driving and they flipped their Jeep. Right. And everyone's kind of, you know, the movie's back to a serious tone. Yeah. It, it, it followed suit with, like, Friday 13th Part 6 compared to Part 7, because when Part 6, they mm. went to the goofy stuff in 86, and they brought it back to serious in Part 7. This took that Part 2 feel and just said, okay, let's, let's not do this. Let's make a real movie again. Right. And then they put it back. Now, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I love it. I mean, I, I love what they did with it. Yeah, but it's weird. It's almost like a combination of both. Uh, with the first one, tone-wise, kind of, but not shot the same. It's kind of, you know, obviously this one had a little bit more money than the first one did. So you can tell you can tell where the money went, and it was like a real movie. Uh, like I said, the combination of, of two. Take the best parts of one and two, put them together, and I think you got three, you know? Yeah. Um, this is another movie that holds on to the original at a really odd level. Right. You got the opening prologue. On August 18, 1973, Sally Hardesty, her invalid brother Franklin, and their friends fell afoul of a bizarre cannibalistic clan of serial predators. Hardesty was the sole survivor of that night of terror. She died in a private health care facility in 1977. A single member of the murderous family lived to see trial. Prosecution recorded his name as W.E. Sawyer. He died in the gas chamber in 1981. The jurors concluded that Leatherface presumed to be an unapprehended killer, 
was in fact an alternate personality of Sawyer's, activated whenever he donned a crude mask made of human flesh. If there was no Leatherface in reality, then Sally Hardesty may at last rest in peace. If there actually was a Leatherface, he remains at large, and the so-called Texas Chainsaw Massacre was only the beginning. 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 Um, in the beginning, remember how like the armadillo was sitting on the road in the first one? In right. This, in this one, they hit an armadillo. So mm -hmm. uh, they they do the same formula again. They got Tex, the guy who appears to be normal, but he's really just as sick as everyone else in the family. But you don't know that till you find out he's in the family. Uh, you know, of course, they did that with Drayton Sawyer when they introduced his character, make like he was a pretty normal guy. Mm -hmm. Another, here we go again, another dinner scene. Like, Grandpa, yet again. <laughs> he can't be alive. When I saw Viggo Mortensen's character as a bad guy, I did not know he was a bad guy at all. I was totally fucking thrown off. Like, literally, not even kidding, my jaw dropped when that shit happened. For some reason or another, and I should have been on top of it, but I thought he was going to come through at the very end and fucking, you know, come in swinging. And like I said, <laughs> I, think, I think that's probably because I just recently saw this movie for the first time. Never text? seen it before. Text? Uh, that's text, right? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. So when his character turned out to be bad, literally my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, shit. And why I didn't get that, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Maybe it's because, you know, like I said, I, I saw it, you know, recently as opposed to back then. And, you know, knowing the actor that he is, I'm thinking, <laughs> to me, he's always playing the hero, except for a couple movies. But for the most part, he's a good guy. He's the hero. He always comes in swinging. I thought that's exactly what this movie was going to be. And uh, it worked to my advantage because, like I said, my jaw fucking dropped when I saw him as a bad guy. And I think he did that's a good awesome. job. Oh, he did, a, you, he did an amazing job. Vigo is a fantastic <laughs> actor. He really is. Yeah. And, uh, and he shows his chops here. And what, whereas a lot of people would see this as a throwaway horror film you know it's just no. an yeah, excuse for gore they do they do and uh, but it's completely unwarranted here I mean, there are some really good performances laid out here he does an excellent job for instance i think it's a good performance from ken foray oh, i think yeah. kate hodge when she goes over the edge it's um it's very reminiscent of the first one but she brings her own little thing to it, you know, and she's got a little bit of defiance there, too. Like, I mean, he's he's right there at her with the chainsaw and she's just screaming in his face. You know, yeah. she that pulls her own hands free from those nails. I mean, she's strong. This is a strong female character. Um, and I dig her for that. Uh, and as far as grandpa, no, you can. He's totally dead here. He has no eyes. <laughs> I mean, he's just a corpse kind of sitting over there with no with empty sockets and um what is it with this grandpa shit anyway, though? Yeah, I don't know. They love their they love their patriarchs, I guess. How did he even get there? Like, wasn't he with the other family? Dude, I don't fucking know. That's the thing is that the, it it doesn't even matter. Like, why is Leatherface over here with this family and yeah, these I, fucks? Never I mean, it doesn't. That. Um, and she keeps calling him Junior. Well, what? You know, I mean, it's none of this made any sense, and it, and it doesn't gel at all. I mean, if you read the in the beginning, even the narration is completely different. In this one, it talks about how Sally Hardesty died in a mental institution, <laughs> and that one, one member of the Sawyer family went to, went to um, was convicted for this stuff. In the second one, it talks about how they've never been able to find the house. They've never been able to find any, any proof of anything happening. Right. So, I uh, 
it they didn't even try to maintain a, a level of continuity here. It's just all new characters, all new setting, all new everything. But it worked. Oh yeah. Yeah, look, I don't wanna like paint the wrong picture here. Like when I point out the fact that they kept the formula with the normal guy who's not normal and the goddamn dinner scene and grandpa and all that kind of shit. Yes, that is really odd now. It's odd at this point. I think it's odd that Leatherface is alive. I think it's odd that his last name went from Sawyer to Slaughter. Uh, <laughs> unless that, what is that? Is that part four? Am I mixing that up? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't remember a reference to his last name in the in the third one. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, you're right. I still don't know why he's alive. Uh like, all the cars, everything, it's all modern. So you can't say it's a prequel because it's clearly taking place long after. Right. So there's no explanation why Leatherface is, is alive or anything. Um, he's, he's, like, wearing a leg brace in this one. I guess that was uh, – was that due to him cutting his leg in part one? I yeah, right? And if so, does anybody remember a brace in part two? Well, what about him getting uh, his stomach no, all fucked up in two? I, I don't know. Dude, that's a, I'm telling you, they didn't care. It didn't right, matter. They completely right. went a totally different route. And it and somehow and I am able to I love this movie. This is apart from the first one, this is my favorite. Um Yeah. Yeah, well in the first four, yeah, me too. I'm able to yeah. oh, just period. I I just I love Ooh. this movie. Oh yeah? Um yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. Oh, somehow I'm able to to separate myself from the fact that none of this shit really makes any sense if you stop to think about it. Right. But and it's because I really just don't care. I have such yeah. a good time with this movie. You know, every and even the little things like the little doll Sally who is like a you know a skull. Um, oh yeah, that's and, right. With the know, little the, girl. The little girl who looks totally normal, and then she's like whack whack whack. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love the little humorous bits where they're like, look, Ma, colored drawers, California. You know? <laughs> no, that's good. I like that humor. <laughs> or he's like, you know, you ever heard of pizza? And I like liver and onions. You know, it's it was very consciously comedic. Yeah. But it also had some pretty nasty moments. Like you've got the body pits in the very beginning where they talk about how your, your skin turns to poison Crisco. Ooh. Um, if you're left to rot in certain conditions, you know, you can't touch it. You'll get a blood poisoning just from touching it. You yeah, know, those guys had those hazmat suits on. Yeah. And that's some really nasty stuff. You know, um, it definitely didn't shy away from trying to uh, trying to gross you out. No, no, they did good. Like I said, they went back to it. Um, but anyway, but that, that that little girl you were talking about. I don't, for some reason, when I saw her, like, I pictured that's how Baby from House of a Thousand Corpses grew up. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, dude. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, like... Yeah, I, yeah and I kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the mom who talks robotically, and, uh... And she cut out her private parts. Yeah, but it's it's weird <laughs> seeing, uh, two, two chicks in this movie, because in part one and two, it was just a bunch of dudes and no girls. Right. It was like a sausage party for the first two, you know? That seemed like a conscious effort on their part, too, though, to do this one with the third one with the females. It, it is. I mean, back, especially when the first one came out, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't typically see a woman in a role like that. 
Right. Um, women, for one, aren't considered to be that calculating that or, you know, aren't serial killers typically aren't women, at least in that vein of serial killing. They yeah. don't typically go for the violent stuff. So it wouldn't really have I guess they figured it wouldn't have made any sense as far as that goes. However, I do think it would have been a lot more disturbing had you had a matriarchal figure um, yeah. like this one. You know, throughout the entire series, I think that just makes it because mothers are supposed to be nurturing. You know, they're supposed to be caring. And, uh, you know, you interject, and she's very sweet to the grandchild and to Leatherface. Right. You know, right. She, she's very tender with them, you know, very motherly. But then when it comes to anyone outside her family, yeah, anyone else is fucked. Like, it makes you wonder what happened to all the chicks. I mean, you could just say, well, dude, it's three brothers who are clearly never getting married, so they're just living together. Uh, you know, but the the remake... No, I kind of think Tanker's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, uh, the remake and the prequel correct all that type of missing uh, female stuff. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember too much of the movie. I, You know, like I said, they flipped the thing. Leatherface is going after him. Really good stuff. Uh, Ken Frey shoots the dude's ear off. Oh, yeah, that's that's one thing. Um, What about, like, the way Tex established that he was really a good guy and Dan, this, to me, this gave it away. Like, when you said you were shocked that he was a bad guy. When he was... When he was, like, uh, being mean to the gas station attendant and catching him for peeping in, I kind of right. knew that he was doing it. For, he, he had a motive, obviously, really? it was to get in their car. Yeah, like, see, I just did this, so now you could trust me. I just stopped uh, peeping Tom. Okay, I guess you are a good guy. Come on. And right there, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen so many movies where you kind of get that false... Uh, Sense of security, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I did pick up on that. I... I did it this time around. I haven't seen the movie in about 10 years. I don't know if I picked up on it the first time, and you said that was your first time, so maybe right. maybe that can happen. I can't fool you. But I, I just slightly remember that he was a part of that family. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I should have known. I really should have known. But like I said, you see, you've never seen the Lord of the Rings movie either, so. Right. That has a big part to do with it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I thought it was weird casting. What was I going to say? The one thing I remember is that Ken Frey shoots that that dude's ear off and isn't that weird that that guy in the family kind of looked like the gas station guy yeah he did you're right like what a weird casting choice yeah you pick two guys who kind of look alike to be in the same movie there's only what the f moments i mean you got uh i guess leatherface was driving in this one that's kind of weird yeah right yeah yeah, that was strange. It's bizarre. Uh, William Butler, he got caught in the bear trap. His girlfriend just kind of took off and left him there to die. Oh, I love that. She was like, peace. And, oh, here's one thing I'm kind of pissed at. The censorship. Did, I don't know what copies you guys got. Dude, when they... I watched this on VHS. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, tell me, is this in there? Because my... I, I, what the hell was I watching? They they rigged something up because William Butler doesn't die when he's hanging upside down. So they hit something, and this big sledgehammer supposedly bashes him in the head. But they, they don't show anything. No, they don't. They don't. It was oh. um, it was cut away. And that 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 doesn't work. You know how you normally cutaways kind of work. I right. feel like I mean it's it's an obvious one here. I do rem I do recall noting it, um, but at the same time, I it. You know, I felt like it worked. I mean, I don't really need to see what it looks like to have someone's head bashed in with a sledgehammer. I know what that would look like. You uh, know, you know what? It's the th it's the third movie. Uh, this is supposed to be a really like horrific, bloody, crazy franchise. Uh, I think at this point, you show that stuff. And you know, it the subtlety. You know, the you think for yourself. It worked 
in the earlier movies. I think by 1990, we should yeah. see the guy's head get bashed in. And I, I was gonna say though, what? 1990 is kind of a weird time after the it, 80s it, gore and right before you know the whole scream craze. It was a weak ass time for horror. So I That's feel right. like they probably didn't know what the hell they were gonna do with it. You know, either go, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go as far as to say Hitchcocky, but you know, go as to like you said with the cutaway or with the gore. So yeah, it was kind of a weird time, dude. 1990. Yeah, sucked. no, no, but dude, you know what? <clears throat> this this cutaway, it reeks of. MPAA it doesn't reek of artistic vision. You're correct, and I, I think that I think that you're absolutely right about that. I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I would call it. Right. Um, right. I mean, this year you also had uh, Night of the Living Dead, the Tom Savini version that came out. Actually, 1990 was huge for horror. Interestingly, there are a lot of things that came out. Yet we were, like you said, Dan, in that time of uh, it was sort of a, a, a limbo period. Um, we right. were right on the cusp of of you know. Getting the and I, Alex and I talked about this earlier. Getting a, the fancy thrillers like Silence of the Lambs and Seven, and, yep. um, movies like that that sort of uh, haze the line between horror and thriller. Um, right. So basically, they are horror films, but they're try they're parading as something higher brow than that because right. horror horror was a, a four letter word right. back then. Yeah, shit from the 80s stupid shit too they're trying to grow from that you know yeah well yeah yeah they, the those... jasons freddy's all that shit it's all dead by then you want to move on and make something different you know in my opinion no in, in reality silence of the lambs let's face it that's a horror movie you could dress it up all you want yeah all right i mean it's you know you have a guy who removes another guy's face and wears it and then he's this other guy splayed open like a moth hanging and then the other, i mean that is it's pretty damn gory. <laughs> yeah. What What do you guys think about the surprise ending? You know, the you think the the chick's getting away, uh, but I think it was a really good one with the gas station guy. Uh, it was the proper ending because it was when you think Ken Foray and the chick are getting away, you got one last obstacle without diminishing the efforts of the survivals uh, survivors. You know, like um, you know how like a survivor does so much in a movie. And they, you know, they go so much adversity. They they make it out, yeah. and they get in a car, and it's like the car of another killer in the family, and then they're just dead. You know, right. like this one. You know, after surviving all that, um, you know, like the ending of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, mm. when she gets in, I think it's like uh, Uncle uh, Captain Spaulding, like that. And, and you know, in this movie, one other fact that I mentioned that this the, the director wanted his name off the credits because of how the editing like left the audience with so many questions, like what we had for the first ten minutes of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> he didn't even want his name on it, but wow, he, yeah, it was too late because they already printed that roll of footage where they put the names and shit on it. So no shit. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. For, for me, overall, fun time, decent yeah. installment. You know, uh, nothing I felt I ever had to, like, uh, rush home and watch again. But um, this was, like, uh, my second or third time seeing it in 12 years. Uh, If you're a fan of Texas Chainsaw movies, uh, definitely worth buying. Yep, I agree. What would you rate it, Alex? In reality, seven. I'm going to give it an eight, though. I think it was... Yeah, you know what? Seven and a half. That's that's more realistic. I'll give it a six. I'll, I'll say exactly what you said, pretty much. I mean, you know, it was a good movie, solid, cool horror movie. Nothing spectacular, though. You're not going to find anything in this movie that you wouldn't see somewhere else. So some good, some good performances, and uh, yeah. 
or nothing that you wouldn't see in the first two. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I think I did think it was better than two, though. I thought they no, brought it was up... better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they did. And uh, yeah, what do you think, Jamie? Um. Well, I already said it's my. This is my. This is right up there for me. I love this movie. I this is the one I've watched almost as many times as I've watched the first one. Wow. Um, a lot, a lot. I mean, I can pretty much recite this movie. Um, Jesus. And um, I'm gonna say this one for me is an eight. Uh, it's just flat out enjoyable for me. I just I dig it so much. I love these characters. They're nuts. They're fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, yep. so I, and I definitely have to recommend this. Yeah, no, I think, I think Ken Foray really pulled it off. I think it's his charm. It's the, I think his character really, uh, if only, if only yeah. he said, I'll oh, rip no. that mask right off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to mention there's one, there's one scene in this film that has always stuck out to me is, uh, is really sad. And that's the scene where Leatherface is playing with his speaking spell. Uh, yeah. oh, God. And uh, I thought about that. The picture of the clown, and he keeps saying F O O D. Constantly. And it, it breaks my heart because he, right? he believes that's, that that is food. And it's it sort of gives you a glimpse into how. He doesn't understand that what they're doing is wrong. Right. You know, yeah, and as far as he's concerned, he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing to contribute to the family. And, it, you know, <laughs> I've always thought that was a little bit, just a little bit heartbreaking and, and you know, gives his character a little bit more sympathy. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and it's a, that's a little bit of a heavy moment, I guess, to be surrounded by the rest of this ridiculousness. Yeah. But Well, what about they changed his character... Um... A little bit from the first two movies, he's always getting beat on by people who are, you know, less physical specimens. And in this one, when the dude throws his Walkman in the oven, he shoves his head right in there. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. He's like, I've been through this. Yeah, it's <laughs> like he'll put up with the shit from Drayton and Hitchhiker or Chop Top, but he's not going to put up with it from some jerk off uh, in, in this family. So Yeah, right. That's definitely a, a character switch. Yep. I'm not going to say it's out of character. Uh, maybe he, over the years, realizes, I could kill all you people in two seconds. You better right. watch your ass. So, that's that. All right, well, uh, I guess we're going to wrap it up with um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, the next generation. Good luck. Or is it new generation something? I don't know. And, the next uh, generation, yeah. Then we'll give our overall thoughts of the entire series as a whole. So we'll be right back after this. Each of us has known the fear of being alone, lost in the darkness, faced with the unknown. But there is one fear shrouded in our past, lost in our subconscious that should never have been forgotten. A fear so deep, it cuts to the bone. The American legend returns to bring you back 
to the cutting edge of terror. Welcome to my world. Get out of your huh? Don't you ah, touch me. If you're gonna kill me, then do it. Matthew McConaughey. Renee Zellweger. Are you having fun here? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The next generation. If looks could kill, he wouldn't need a chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the next generation. Uh, intended by director Kim Henkel to be the real sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The characters of Vilmer and W.E. were intended to be hitchhiker and cook characters from the original film. Jim Sidow was approached to reprise his role as the cook character, but he was unable to. I always heard that this is quite possibly the worst popular franchise movie ever made. Uh, I've seen a lot of posters with Leatherface and a horrible get-up with lipstick and women's clothing on and thigh-high leggings. Uh, how bad Leatherface looks was accurately implied by the poster. I saw the poster with the, uh, the chainsaws, the lipstick. So some consider this movie to be a remake. Why? Because they're, they're, they're sticking to the same damn th- formula so much that you even wonder... If this thing is a goddamn remake or not, right. I mean, it's like the same thing. The uh, like I said, f- Formula One: the character who acts perfectly like a perfectly rational human being, someone who's actually uh, capable and willing to help you out if you need it, and they turn out to be as screwed up as everyone else. And that's the chick who who worked in uh, that little trailer thing. Right. You got that formula. You got another goddamn dinner scene with another goddamn grandfather. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, why? Oh, there again, dude. Do something new. Goddamn, do something new. And they, and this time, the new thing, the innovative edginess, is they order pizza to eat. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it. Even Leatherface th- throws the, the the chick in the freezer, dude. Right. Come on, just like part one, what is it with this with these movies? Why do they keep on with the dinner scenes? Why do they keep on with this fucking grandfather? Well, what is at this, this point, though, is they have become iconic, and uh, it's just what people expect to see. Like, you know, I don't know. I mean, Hollywood does weird things. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, they're used to that, so we'll show it to them again. Because what's the you point? Never get tired of that. You know, you know what it reminds me of, Jamie. Do you, do you ever notice that, like, when any any time you um, you have a new movie, people are like, yeah, yeah, I didn't like the Friday Thirteenth remake because it didn't feel like a Friday Thirteenth. Like everybody wants the same four movies made over and over and over and over and over again. Right. So for that audience, this must be like the greatest franchise in the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You literally get the same movie over and over and over and over and over Dude. again. I, I well, fucking there's only so much you can do with a chainsaw, you know. I mean, right. you you chase people down and you kill them with it. And <laughs> oh come on, you know. No, you know yeah, what? I'm just saying. I'm not defending it. I don't care for this movie very much. I like Matthew McConaughey. I think he's. I think he adds a humorous element. You know. Plus he's, <laughs> he's just fucking he's hilarious. A, yeah, I like him in this movie. He's adorable. Um, 
Yes. Uh, you know, he, he works that mechanical knee. Um. <laughs> yeah, and look, now he has a, a leg mechanical, just like Leatherface in Part 3. Like, they couldn't think of anything on their own with this movie. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's pretty much how it seems. Yeah, I saw it for the first time, like, you know, a week ago. And, you know, it's to me, it's not even that bad of a movie. I mean, it was more like the characters were horrible and the acting was just good enough to get him a job in a heavily unpublicized horror movie. You know, that's that's a, they, they were just good enough to get to that point where you sort of believe that this is believable. Like, you know, I, I look at these these people and I'm like, eh, that's probably what that person would act like in this situation or this, that's probably what they do had they been in this situation. Like, uh, but like some of the bad acting was uh, Barry, the boyfriend who cheated on the chick in the beginning. That's Dude, he was great. Oh, God. No, he was horrible, but he had some of the best lines in that whole movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a total dick, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's just like, um, I don't know, some some of the characters were really weird. Like, remember um, oh, the guy who pulled the shotgun out on Barry when he was walking around the house? Where did he go? He just became like a non-character. He walked him out. He's like, hey, uh, some crazy guy out there with a shotgun. Walked him out, though. Should have seen me. Yeah, yeah, right. Come on. That's great. Here's the thing. People hate this movie, but it didn't really go anywhere like sacrilegious or anything. It was just like a cheap oh. knockoff of the original, you know? And by by repeating all the formula of the original, it just kind of keeps reminding you of what you're not getting that part one had. Yes, exactly. Recycl- yeah, it just... Um, I, I can't really put my finger on anything specific that would sink this movie. It's just not, you know, interesting. It just doesn't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've seen it counting this time three times. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's just not, there's just not, it's not that it's that completely terrible. It's just that it's not completely good. I mean, there's just nothing remarkable about it. Right, Right. yeah. There's nothing, it doesn't add to anything. There's there's no reason. There's no reason this should be made. Like, the guy who made this and, and, like, Geely with Ben Affleck and JLo should both be drug out into the street and shot. <laughs> like, what are the po- there's no point to these movies. Uh, like, do you have any what the f moments, Dan? I mean, uh, there's got to be a lot. Uh, but how about the whole plot of the family is put there by the government to remind people of what fear is? That's your explanation. <laughs> is that what it was? I missed that. What? That's the explanation of why they do this. Quite possibly the worst explanation in movie history. Can we get to the remake? Oh, sorry. Dude, don't you remember at the very... Remember that weird guy who came in with the sunglasses while, uh, while, uh, what's her name was tied to the chair? And then at the very end, she gets in his car, remember? Who's that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the government guy who runs that family. Can you believe that? Uh, I... Yeah, I was wondering about that, to be perfectly honest with you. I was so disconnected at that point that I wasn't even really paying attention. I, I gave it, it once once again, a dog fucking... Rrr. I was like, what the fuck is going on with this shit? But if that's what you tell me the explanation is, yeah, it's about right for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, one really weird moment, which is another damn thing rip off of the original when uh, the chick who worked in the trailer beats uh the one chick up with the tree branch and then she keeps hitting her and hitting her then she asks her like to stop and she's like okay but you are you gonna give me any trouble please don't hit me don't (laughs) don't hit me (laughs) stop 
Okay. But don't you go crawling off. Like, look, I understand the charm in a scene like that, where the character acts nonchalant about doing real sick shit, because it doesn't phase them in the least. And But th- this just plays wrong in this movie. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Jamie, is there... Is there any moments that just had you scratching your head, like... Honestly, I just don't have that much invested in this movie. I, I, I just didn't. Not enough to... Um, Even remember certain scenes. To, right. No, not really. I mean, it just seems... The whole thing seems pointless. Yeah. Um, I remember when this... Uh, I, well, I don't remember when this came out. And that that's the thing is, I... Uh, suddenly, it just appeared at the video store. And I was like, what the hell is this? That was like one of the first straight to DVDs, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, straight to VHS. Yeah, exactly. It just, uh, and then I remember I rented it and I was like, what the hell? (laughs) I did the same thing, Jamie. I know. I remember. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Just, it doesn't seem like it's that much of a drop from like two or three. I mean, like, I I mean, mean, it is, but it's not. Right. I think what it is to me is that it just doesn't hold any. Value. It just, right. There's no, there's nothing personal about this movie for me, and, and horror films are extremely personal for me. It's, it's, um, I always have a story or an experience or something, you know, um, and that's because that's how they, I mean, they pretty much defined my life. I mean, I can tell you right. what was going on in my life when certain movies came out, and, and not this um, one. No, not this one. I have no idea. I don't remember it at all. Maybe it's, you're just getting a lot of sleep. Um. <laughs> well, and this movie wasn't personal to uh, Renee Zellweger either because at this point in her career, this was right when she was blowing up. So she basically yeah. disowned her, uh, disowned this movie and removed herself entirely from this shit. So, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, you look at it. I But what was the first uh, big movie there? What the fuck was it? Um, Jerry Maguire. Was it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jerry Maguire and Bridget Jones' Diary and all that shit. So, yeah, it was right when she was blowing up. (laughs) And this was like her her piece of shit that she just totally left behind, which, you know, rightfully so. I can't say I blame her. Yeah, and it's weird. I didn't didn't notice the sourpuss. Like, she just looked like she sucked on a lemon. I didn't notice that in this movie. I think she (laughs) she developed that in time. Yeah, yeah, that comes with a lot of ass-kissing. That lemon sucker face. Um, I don't know. Characters, I mean, we talked about a couple, uh, oh, the, oh, the one, that one chick's hot, though, man, that, the, the non-Renee Zellweger girl, yeah, she's she, hot. <laughs> she was <laughs> cute, she was cute. Yeah, but what was with her, like, she kept on talking about death, and they're gonna kill us, they wanna murder us, they want, like, it really reminded me of, like, they're trying to make her, like, that red-headed chick from Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> right. When she's like, do you know what it's like, What? how you wanna die? I <laughs> yeah. want old men to tear me apart and eat me. Like, it just reminded me of that, but... I don't know. This chick doesn't look the part that she should be so, like, morbid. Wait. Stop. What if they're murderers and they want us to follow them so they can hide behind trees and stab us? There could be dead people buried all around us and we never know. They could tie us up in a cellar and no one would ever hear us. I had these dreams about some weirdo following me through the woods and it's coming true. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, but we're all gonna die. Mm-hmm. Some murderer. Like that guy in Chicago, he killed people and put their hearts in the refrigerator. He's gonna kill us. He's gonna show our pictures naked with their hearts torn out on a current affair. It's just, like I said, another scene that doesn't play well. Um, I guess you guys want to get to the end. I mean, 
I don't. Know, you seem to. You don't want to talk about it. Uh, well, I, re- I honestly don't really. Re- it, it's just that nothing really sticks out to me here, other than the stuff that I've already mentioned. Uh, it just there's nothing. What about how bad Leatherface looks? That was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Leatherface was definitely bad. But see, that's just one of those movies. I feel like it just gets thrown in the mix, and uh, I feel like the people that were making it. Um, Dude, can you imagine having like a specific direction behind a movie and being like, okay, this is it. And then coming out with something like that. It's like, come on, dude. Like, you can't take somebody seriously like that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is just another movie in the franchise. It was good at one point, you know, like I said, and it got better at another point during the series. But uh, I just feel like this is one of the lowest points. Now, you know, as we get in further, you know, into the other movies, I feel like it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely gone up from this point, but I feel like this is probably one of the lowest points it could get, if not at part two. I feel yeah. like this is uh, this is much lower than two, because like Jamie said too, it's got nothing personal about it. It's very like disconnecting. There's nothing really, um, you know, noticeable about it. Nothing you could separate this movie from anything else. So yeah, I, I kept blending this with three. Yeah, and, and you know, honestly, like. It, when we watched this, you know, for the show here, I really looked for things that I could try and say about this movie, but it's nothing notable. It's nothing that we haven't seen before. It's nothing shocking. You know, like you said, they did all the same tricks that they did in the other movies. Oh, so God. it's like by the time we get to this, yeah, like you said, check with the big tits and, and whatever. She's, of course, going to send the people to the fucking, you know, the, the right road or, you know, hook up, you know, have them hook up with McConaughey and they're all in it together and you know what's going to happen. So it's like at that point, it's it's nothing for me, unfortunately. What about even in part three? Doesn't Ken Foray blow the grandfather's face off? And why is he? Why is there another? Why is the grandfather here again? And and why is this the Slaughter family instead of the Sawyer family? And why is Leatherface in this family now? What about uh, the family from part three? Like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? No idea. You're really hung up on this grandpa thing. I don't, Jamie. I don't get it with the grandfather shit. I'm so glad that they didn't do that in the remake. But the lack of continuity though is crazy. Like from it's one movie to the other, it's it's by far okay. All right, guys. If you look at all the series, this is probably the 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 one that's probably most off the wall, right? I mean, at least Jason. Yeah, I mean he he becomes a zombie, but the at least there's an evolution. And once he becomes a zombie, he's a zombie from that point on. This just almost disregards. Yeah, they die, they come back. Yeah, like, oh, I got a chainsaw through my chest. No, just kidding, but this is my leg brace from the first movie. Hey. (laughs) Right? What about the attention to continuity and holding on to the continuity? Like, Jamie thinks I'm crazy, but goddamn, the grandfather in every freaking movie. No, I don't think you're crazy, darling. You're absolutely right. It's just, uh, you seem to be hung up on it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, listen, that's all there is. That's all there is in these movies. Of course I'm hung up on it. And, 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 yeah, and, and the damn dinner scenes in every single movie. Yeah, like, have a breakfast scene. How many times you guys eat dinner with your victims? Like, is this like a normal thing? Like, obviously, yes, but... And were they trying to say by them ordering pizza by the fourth one that they weren't cannibals and they were just doing it for fun? Like, I don't know. Was that the subtext? Was that the little bit that we could take from this movie? Probably not. <sighs> yeah, I don't think they thought that deep. But you know what I love about it? In our notes, it has nothing... Like, there's nothing about the director of this movie wanting his name off. God, who? How does that happen? Yeah, right? <laughs> you would think. Anyway, yeah, let's get to the end. I mean, huh? I don't know. By the time... Like, oh, yeah... 
How about this rip from part one? Leatherface swinging his chainsaw around at the end. Like, okay, look, at that point, I, I thought two things. Well, no, three things. One, what a pathetic homage to the original ending. Two, I cannot believe Leatherface looks like he did throughout this movie. And three, he was really like a non-character in this movie. Like, remember how Jamie said um, in part one he was frustrated and that's why he was swinging the chainsaw around? In this one, I couldn't even, like, share his frustration at the end because he wasn't even, like, really utilized properly. I didn't even know if he gave a shit about any of this. It's no. just He was just a really, like non-character yep. it, it was all about matthew mcconaughey right you know yep. it, it was just really weird they didn't balance it properly so i didn't care about leatherface on any level no nope. um, i agree and he just and and just doing that chainsaw swing at the end that just shows you how you cannot just recreate greatness just because you have a camera yeah right and a guy with a chainsaw and a mask on so mm-hmm. uh don't recreate a scene like that asshole <laughs> You fucking prick. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I guess we'll just end it. I mean, overall, I thought it was, like, a decent sort of movie. I liked the atmosphere, actually. I thought Matthew McConaughey played his part well. Yep. Some scenes could have been sped up overall, but it was it was a good... It was a good pacing, sort of. Uh, it, la- it just lacks originality. Right. It's a it's a light remake of Part One with different characters. If you already seen the rest, there's no need to watch this. Uh, it doesn't add anything to the Texas Chainsaw saga, right? If you totally dig on Texas Chainsaw movies, uh, I guess it's a fun little addition to your collection. But um, you know, it's just a lay on the couch on a quiet Friday night when nothing's going on, and kick back with a few beers and enjoy some uh, subpar Leatherface fun. You know, I think well you're played. I think you're playing it fast and loose with the word fun there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a horrible time watching it. I just didn't care, I guess, is the thing. I, I just, I was not emotionally invested in this whatsoever. And so it just didn't leave any sort of indelible mark on me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, eh. we, I enjoyed part three like you, but I just don't think that those two were, were so great that this was a huge drop. And right. that's just my opinion. I mean, those weren't good enough to think that this one isn't worthy of the series. No, you're absolutely right. I just feel like it didn't take the series anywhere either. You know, it didn't It didn't exactly say, oh, this fucking ruined it, this one killed it, but I can't say it added anything either. No, it was like a pond instead of a moving stream of water. <laughs> well it was just, just sat there yep. and did nothing. It's just, that's where you should throw the DVD if you have it. In the water <laughs> well, wait. pond. You just said it would be a fun little addition to your collection. Yeah, that's if you're, yeah, that's if you seriously dig on these movies. And, you know, I don't like part two. I think part one is good and three is good. And um, I don't know. I just don't. Look, I really like Texas Chainsaw movies, but they're just not the kind of movies that I really got to run home and watch again. Right. I don't know what it is, but I don't repeat viewings of these movies out of nowhere. Like, right. I have not seen the beginning since I bought it, and now we're going on six years, seven years. Uh, I haven't seen the remake in three or four years. I haven't seen part two in ten years, except when I watched it for the show a couple months ago. Part three, I saw, like, once ten years ago. Like, I don't know. I like them, but I'm not crazy Texas Chainsaw. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, definitely, man. Yeah, so for me... I'll probably... I don't know if I'll watch this one again. I don't think so. 
I don't know. Are you guys going to watch this again? What, number four? Yeah. Fuck no, dude. I was pissed because we had to watch it today. Yeah, I just I feel like I could find other, better things to do with my time than, like, revisit a, re- a bad remake of part one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we had to review the movie because we're reviewing all of them, but definitely not a notable, uh, you know, notable movie in the series, so... I mean, you know, if you come across it sometimes and like like Alex said, you got a couple beers, definitely check it out. It's funny. You know, you just get to see how far astray they actually have gone from the first one if you've seen that, which hopefully you have at that point. So, yeah, check it out. But I feel like that's definitely probably, if not the lowest point, one of the lowest points of the series. And uh, it definitely goes up from here, though. So, yeah. And yeah. Dan, I like to just reiterate that. Yeah. Dan is saying that in a weird way. What he means is how far off they go from part one what he means is they stick exactly to part one but quality wise they go far off <laughs> yeah right because exactly. it's almost the same damn movie yeah it is exactly <laughs> thank you except, except for some bad additions but uh so jamie uh mm-hmm. sorry we haven't heard from you much but i understand it sucks so what is your rating though <laughs> um this is a four for me okay. and four for four most of those points go to Matthew McConaughey for right? being adorable. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, um, all right. All right. I, cannot, I cannot recommend this to anyone but hardcore purists, um, basically, because I just don't care about it. Um, I'd say go back and watch the original. It's much better. Um, this one just sort of leaves a bland taste in my mouth. It's like dinner without salt. There's nothing going on here. Um, if you want to see Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey's meager beginnings, then uh, go check this out just for the hell of it. But yep. um, I can't seriously say watch this movie because I wouldn't do that to anyone. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> we don't recommend this to women because he doesn't take a shirt off in this movie. Either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, Dan the Man. Yo. What is your rating? I give this movie a three, all because of McConaughey, too. And uh, yeah, yeah, man. Party at the Moon Tower. Everybody's going to be there. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a... F- what I give part two? Four? Oh, I forget. Yeah. I give this a f- five. Really? Oh, okay. I, mean, it's, I don't know, man. When you hear so much stuff like how horrible... God, this yeah. is the worst it ever gets. It really... You guys are all exaggerating. It's really not that bad. No, it's not. It's just not good. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's a difference. It's sort of there. You know, it exists, and that's all really I have to say about it. Ex- yep. Exactly. Thank you. You wrapped it up. All right, we'll be right back with some overall thoughts. Uh, we'll make a quick wrap-up. We'll be right back. Here's an old favorite of ours. Something we used to do when we were... Cleaning out the hogs pen. Because, <laughs> you know, one thing I learned by growing up in these American values up on the farm, and that is that pigs are people, too. When you're sizzling up a rasher of bacon, maybe broiling a pork roast or having a couple of chops, you take it from old Chop Top here and his pal Bucky. And just remember, Pig is the most intelligent mammal 
next to man. And they know what's up. When the farmer comes with that long, sharp knife And he bends down and takes that pig by the shoulders That look in his eye The other pigs get to the far end of the pen Their eyes all small and scared know what's happening they know why they've been prepared because pigs are people too just listen to them listen to them watch them cry when that knife goes across the, the throat of that shoat yeah, you know, what we do is uh, we hoist those pigs up by their hind legs, and chain them up on a big A-frame, go through the factory like a, well, almost like making cars. And there's the killer. He's got a real sharp knife, and the next, each pig comes by, he just slices its throat. And that A-frame keeps moving goes outside up a hill. We call it Death Hill. And at the top of Death Hill is a big wall of flame. And as the pig is dying, the blood's pouring out of his throat, he goes up there to get scorched because that uh, makes a better bacon. And sometimes the pig ain't dead by the time he gets up to that wall of flame. And what you hear is something that's Damn near human. <laughs> Makes me kind of sad. Pigs are people too. Come on, Peggy Sue. Pigs are people too. Let's get out on the barn and dance. Pigs are people too. I see one wearing pants. Hey, Harvest Moon. Down by the old swimming hole. All my chores is done. Now it's time to lose control. <laughs> Got on an old greasy farm shirt Got on my old leather gloves Got my chainsaw goiled up Goiled up, oiled up, goiled up Gonna go into town Gonna go into town Drink some bottles down Meet some little girl Like an inbred little farm girl With two left feet Gonna take her out and uh, <laughs> Pigs are people too Pigs are people too down in the slot trough Boy, and it can be fun You got a hangover, just get in the slot Let the pigs lick it off <laughs> Pigs are people too Pigs are people too Just like me and you Well, like you, cause pigs are people too
All right, guys. So let's wrap up part one of our Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective. Of course, we're doing this in anticipation for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D Woo. coming to theaters January 4th yeah. of this year. Uh, all right. Well, how would you rank these movies? The first four movies. How? What would you say is the best to the worst? Uh, who wants to go first? I will. Okay. Yeah, we will. <laughs> One, three, two, four. <laughs> Wait, let me process that. One, three, two, four. The oh first, my gosh, she's right. The first one, the third one, the second one, then the fourth one. Okay. Wow. That's how it goes for me. You too, Dan? Uh, I can't uh, disagree with perfection, yes. Okay. <clears throat> I, you're going to think I'm nuts, man. Okay. One, three, four, two. Four, two. Okay. Oh. <laughs> No, I don't know. Maybe you're. No. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No, now I'm thinking. I really do like that beginning scene with Chop Top. I, I do like right. the skin wearing thing, face thing in part two. She wears LG's face. <sighs> Has that cool kill. As stupid as two is, at least it's trying to be fucking stupid, dude. You know, four is fucking retarded, and I, I think it knows it. I can't put a waste of time over a stupid movie, can I? Uh, I, it depends. Maybe it's personal. It depends on how you feel about it. If that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. There's nothing wrong with that. I'll go with four over two, sure. All right, all right. You're wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, that's solid. That's solid, though. I, I, I can let you live. At least I can admit that, Jamie. No, it's... <laughs> I would admit it if it ever happened, but... <laughs> But that never happens to me. Um. <laughs> no, that's, that's not a shot at you. I'm just saying. At least I can admit I'm wrong. Uh, no, I, no um, I'm just teasing anyway. You know, it. I mean, there is no hard and fast rule for what's good and what's not. You know. Well, actually, there um, is a, there is a couple rules. Number one, rule one: Alex is always right. Rule number <laughs> rule number two: If Alex is ever wrong, see rule number one. <laughs> I said rule number three is never come on this show sober. <laughs> How do you think I get most of my ideas and thoughts? I know. It's all alcohol ridden. That must have been the. Unchain me when we left and leave me in the dark. I will unchain you when we leave. No, you ain't going anywhere. You ain't going nowhere. Yeah, we're, we're going to be like. <laughs> you know, like. Let, oh, sorry, that didn't go over well. Okay. Oh, I got it. The hitchhiker. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. Okay. You're going to be like the chick in the chair and you're going to be sitting on top of the other skeleton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna change it to the other skeleton. Oh, I forget. I forgot one more bitch. Um, I how annoying was was stretches screaming in that? Oh, dude, I was trying to say that during part two. Yeah. Oh, that was so bad. Her screaming was obnoxious. Jamie, you said people complain about part one screaming. Nothing compares to stretch screaming. That had to be the most irritating part of that movie. Did you see? By the way, did you see stretch in the beginning of the third one? Stretch. Her name's not Stretch. I mean, her real name. But uh, she's a she's a news reporter. She doesn't actually say anything. She just walks in front of the camera, pauses for a couple seconds or like a second, and then walks away. Oh, sneaky bastard! Yeah, I didn't notice that. No. Any reflection? Any great kill? Any great scene? Any uh, to well, I guess the best kills. The best one for me. The first movie was uh, Franklin's kill. Oh no! Actually, you know what? The the hammer to the head, and then the guy yes. was twitching. That was the best. Yep. 
Yep, mm-hmm. definitely the best. Uh, I think first first movie definitely the most notable um, overall. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't think the sequels have anything that spectacular. Well, part two um, has the head chopping the top of the head. Yeah, no, yeah, which it, I do really like. I do like that one. That's the best there, I think. Yep. Part yep. three, I don't really remember them. Well, there's the hammer to the head for oh. um, the one guy. Then, um, the, I mean, they're really they they get kind of vague, don't they? In part, there's a, yeah. I mean, there's not a there's really not a lot of there's not a high body count in that one. No, uh, I mean, they... you know, of right. chainsaw versus people, you know, right. Yeah, no, one thing I wanted to reflect on on 3, too, is uh, you guys remember the scene where Ken Forey finds the uh, the chick in the woods and she throws him the lighter? Yeah. And you know that's going to come back to in the final scene and he's going to fucking toss the lighter. I was just waiting for it. I was like, when's he going to break that lighter out? Like, you know, it was such a fucking perfect setup. It was, like, so Captain fucking obvious. It was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, what about how long it took to actually, like, throw it at the guy and kill him? Like, yeah. did, yeah, right. did that seem to take a long time? Yeah, it did. You're right. It did. <laughs> that was weird. There might have even been a slow mo scene in there somewhere. I can't recall. Yeah, I was like, that's- "Hurry, he sees you. Hurry, light him, light him. What are you doing?" Yeah, and, but unfortunately for everybody, we're not going to go back and watch these pieces of shit again, probably. So that's all you get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so great kill. I don't know with that one. Um, part four, best kill. Jesus Christ. Can you say can you say best and Texas Chainsaw Part Four: The Next Generation in a sentence? No, you can't. Nope, I don't think you can, man. Huh? I don't think there was a. Okay, uh, best kill: William Butler with a sledgehammer. If we actually saw that, I guess that would be the best kill. Yeah, so, I agree. There you go. That's that. Uh, I don't, does anybody have anything to add before we never talk about these again? Uh, no. Just uh, I would I would like to urge. The listeners to the next time you watch the original pay attention to the photography yeah i really i really wish that more people would just pay attention to really how beautifully set up this film was they went through a lot to make this movie it was miserable you know yeah. it was 125 degrees in the house and you know they couldn't have fans or anything on because it would make too much noise and so they suffered and smelled horrible and uh i think it comes out it comes out in you know adds to the grittiness of the film so i really just want people to watch this with a renewed appreciation because i've heard people say that it's not scary or it's boring these are usually younger people that's crazy that i want to punch in the jaw but um it's uh this is one that if you immerse yourself in it, it can really take you, you know. I don't think you have a choice. Like I said, with that hitchhiker opener, I was locked. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Watch this shit in the dark. I like to watch this in the dark, alone, you know, and then just sink myself right into it. And it'll work your nerves. Yep. Agreed. And I, like, yep. I like to say get the Blu-ray for high quality grittiness. It does not take away from the look or the feel. It's just looks better um and not yep. not better not squeaky better just better right and i would like to say uh you might have heard a lot of things if you haven't seen texas chainsaw next generation part four look it didn't make my eyeballs want to crawl in the back of my head and or you know anything like that but uh yeah it's just not as bad as everybody says but it's still a waste of time so i would say you could avoid that if you're not big on this and uh 
Other than that, I guess Franklin was just so fat when he was a kid, he only played Seek. <laughs> he couldn't hide anywhere. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so that's that. Thank you for joining us for part one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective. And we hope you join us for part two where we go over the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, the beginning, which is the prequel. And we will include Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Yeah, motherfuckers. That's the one you've all been waiting for. Hope it doesn't suck, dude. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. What do you think? Is it going to suck? I mean, I saw a couple clips. I saw the commercials. I saw a few still photos. I don't think Bill Mosley looks the part in those photos, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I can't, I cannot honestly say. I have no idea. Uh, I, I've learned over the years, too. You know, uh, Dark Knight Rises, for instance, Alex. You know, you can't tell by the trailers. You know, they don't, they don't tell you if it's a good movie or not. So we'll see. Yep, Jamie, you think it's going to be good? I try to be cautiously optimistic. Right. Uh, however, when you go after someone with a chainsaw, how bad could it really be? That's what I'm saying. Right. I, I'm looking forward to this. I'm I hope they don't. This. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm, that's it. I'm just, I was I, so excited. I said it twice. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really hope that they uh, they don't fuck it up with the 3D. I really hope they don't go for any corny shots because um, that's a big aspect to it too, man. You know, I recently saw The Hobbit and I went straight to the fucking 2D. I can't deal with 3D. I saw Final Destination 5 in 3D. I thought it was okay. It was kind of cool. But um, 3D in general just makes me fucking dizzy. So I don't think it applies to a movie like this. Honestly, I don't know. Hopefully hopefully it's really good. But I, I have a feeling that it's going to be, you know, just maybe a little above par or below I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we'll see. And I can't wait to fucking get into these next movies too, including the new one. But yeah, next one's going to be fun. Yeah. And we hope you had a good time with this one. And happy new year, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, Happy new year, everyone. And um, please try not to throw too many Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So this is Alex. Dan. And. And Jamie. Our new permanent locked in going nowhere Aww. host Not like i could leave you guys if i wanted to <laughs> well i can't you've got me chained to the table i can't exactly I... you ain't going nowhere and by the way your hair looks great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so do your eyelashes and so does that blush yeah it was um i gotta tell you my stylist did a fantastic job yeah you really <laughs> That it really brings out the white in your bone. Of <laughs> course, too. Thank you. Yeah, like my long hair and glasses. All right. See you later, guys. Peace. Bye. Oh, you know what? Actually, we're going to leave you with a little clip. When we interviewed Bill Mosley back in May, he talked a little bit about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. So we're going to leave you with that. Be sure to tune in for Texas Chainsaw Massacre Retrospective Part 2 from the skeleton you know uh when they were uh, casting for uh texas chainsaw massacre 3d which is lionsgate film and according to uh the producer carl mazicone it's now set to come out i think it's jan 4 2013 okay and um 
so when I was when they were casting it, um, you know, I remember uh, Carl. I worked with Carl on Repo, the genetic opera, yep. and also a movie that's just coming out. One of these, actually, pretty soon. I think in the next day or two or a week or something, and that's called The Tortured. And uh, mm-hmm. Carl also produced that. And um, so when he called me and said he wanted me to be in his Texas Chainsaw 3D, you know, I was very excited about it. And I figured, uh, thank God, finally chopped top rides again. And then he told me that uh, they had the rights to the original Chainsaw, but not, not the, the second two. one. The second one has en- ended up you know, bouncing around from, it was a Canon Films, and then it got bought up by Pathé, and they got bought up by MGM, and then they got bought out by Sony. So that's where uh, Chainsaw 2 is currently the property of Sony Studios. Uh, so um, so they didn't have the rights to Chop Top, because he uh, wasn't uh, in the original. So yeah. um, uh, Carl uh, Mazepone uh, asked if I wanted to play Drayton. And I said, uh, you know, I said, absolutely. I mean, it's a total shift. It's kind of like asking Curly to come back and play Mo in a reboot of the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any yeah. yeah, it seemed it seemed like a like a, a stretch and you know kind of weird. But what I was happy to do was to um, you know I I was a great friend of uh, Jim Seedow, uh who passed away maybe six or seven years ago, and uh, you know we were Christmas card buddies. I love you know I loved his wife Ruth, and we were always pals and, uh, you know, enjoyed each other's company. So, you know, for me, I was very happy to get the job because um, I really, I felt part of it was about uh, just making sure that I protected his legacy, you know, and just just in the sense of like, I, I would rather, you know, and, and I may, you know, I may have screwed it up, who knows, but I, I would rather screw it up than somebody who, you know, didn't really know or appreciate Jim or the, you know, the, the legacy of, of the Chainsaw Massacre movies and, you know, but somebody who actually, uh, at least, you know, was, was trying. <laughs> yeah. I highly <laughs> so, uh, doubt that's the case. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm you sure know. it was great. <laughs> yeah. So they gave me some funny teeth and a, in a, and a fat shirt and we shot it down in, um, in, uh, Shreveport, Louisiana last summer when, uh, I was down there for about a week and uh, I think the average temperature was 104 degrees. Wow. And it's, uh, Louisiana, so I think the humidity was somewhere above 90%. Oh. So, you know, the part that I shot, I, I also was down there with Gunnar Hansen. Uh, he was in it. Um, oh, wow. yeah. And, um, uh, uh, John Dugan, who played, you know, it's so funny because John Dugan played the original grandpa. And oh, uh, that wow. was like 74, and now, you know, 40 years later, he, he returns to grandpa. Wow. Yeah. That is freaky. It's like it's like the Saw is in the family. I mean, that's really a family. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Marilyn Burns is back. I mean, oh. so there's, there was, uh, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, and, and that's all thanks to uh, Carl, you know, that he, you know, that he acknowledged, uh, you know, the legacy and the Chainsaw family and, you know, put a bunch of us together. Um, and then also he ended up uh, recreating really pretty remarkably, almost photographically recreating Chainsaw House. Oh wow! Which oh, they nice. which they built on a on a piece of uh, army property. So I I don't know if we ever were in danger of stepping on landmines, but uh, <laughs> we were down there on some army 
like you know bass or something. Sure, watch <laughs> out! You might end up like Chop Top if you don't. Uh... <laughs> exactly, <laughs> shrapnel. Yeah, <laughs> metalhead. I'm really excited about this movie, though, Bill. Oh, this has got to be probably one yeah, of my and most. And it's 3D, so they're you know, and I, the director is a great guy named John Lewenkamp, and uh, I actually just saw John and Carl uh, doing. Uh, ADR, and that's where you go in and revoice some of your scenes if there was something wrong with the sound. Mm-hmm. I just saw them uh, last week, so uh, they're very excited about it. And, uh, you know, I, I am too, man. I can't wait. Uh, the, the good news is I get a free ticket, so uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll be there, be there walking that red carpet. Wow, that is so great. 